In order to obtain something, something else of equal value must be lost. That is the fundamental principle of equivalent exchange and the fundamental reason that Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is the greatest anime of all time. And we're going to talk about the first 13 episodes this week on Shonen and Suds. We're bringing out the big guns this week. How the hell are you, bud? Oh man, Chris, I am great. I'm glad to be back for another episode. This is episode 120, if you can believe Ooh, that. Ooh, I can. I yeah, another we don't miss a week here. Another milestone for us, yeah. And of course, we got, like you said, we brought out the big guns. Doing Full Metal Alchemist yeah. Brotherhood. Uh, this is one that I've actually been wanting to talk about since we started doing the podcast. Um, I, I think the I still stand behind. This is, I still think... This is the greatest anime ever made. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. Like it just, it just is. Like it might not be your favorite, but damn it, it's the best. It is just the. It yeah, is, it is the gold standard at which all other anime will be measured to. And uh, <laughs> oh, one hundred percent. Like I'm already, I'm already preparing to put this at number one on my list, just because, like, I know that's where it's going to end up. Because every episode is just, just great. It had it. Toes the line of telling a very rich story, but also has like some of the best comedy in an anime, like just the the, the short jokes and just like the, uh, you know, like the shock takes and the weird, like how it gets very noodly and weird, like when, when they're, you know, when they're, it's very emotive. Um, but then it could just turn right, right back around and just rip your heart right out of your chest, which we'll get to that in this episode as well in this episode as well so first of all cody spoilers ahead however common if you have not watched full metal alchemist brotherhood it, you only have two excuses one you're new to anime and that's one you haven't got to yet i will fully accept that or b you just have been living under a fucking rock your whole life yep <laughs> yeah <laughs> otherwise like there's no reason to not have watched brotherhood yeah, absolutely not. Um, it is. I mean, I mean, it's just the best. Like from like, dude, it's just I I can't even describe it. It's perfect from intro to outro. They give you, yeah. you know, we get recaps in episodes, which I think a lot of anime should start doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Like the short, well, and- like thirty second recap they give you at the beginning of each episode. It's like it's perfect. Yeah, like it's, it's, I don't know why absolutely. more shows don't do that. Like I don't and know why. I love we- that they. And they don't dump a whole bunch of stuff. Like, they are very good about spreading out this very deep and rich story. Like they'll they'll give you some things, and you'll have questions, but you know they're going to tie that shit up later. Yep. Yeah. There is no. I mean, I, I I've gone over this show with like a fine tooth comb, and I I don't think there's yeah. a plot hole to be found. Um, yeah. And there's even some things I noticed in like in this watch. Uh, that I had never mm-hmm. noticed before. Like, you notice, like, I saw their teacher and the teacher's husband. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just randomly, when Winry gets off the train when she first comes to Central, or I, I can't remember if it's Central or if it's the Eastern Command. Mm-hmm. But they just, like, just they just, like, walk past her. And I was like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Hey, I never noticed that before. Like, just mm-hmm. just small little stuff like that. But, yeah, the, the attention to detail, I mean, the show is just perfect, man. Well, and the characters are all so well put together. Like as I'm watching, I mean, again, I watch this show quite a bit, but even then, 
I remember all the side characters like fucking Gene Havoc and and um fucking Hawkeye. I wouldn't consider Hawkeye um you know a side character, but like Lieutenant Ross and all the random like military you know characters. You're like, oh, I love these guys, and they're so like they're so nuanced and they're so unique. Um, I don't know, man. Like I, the, the show just does everything right, and like. You you don't know who's on whose side, who's playing against who, who the villain actually. You know what I mean? Like I love the depth to all the characters and just all the angles to each character. It's just so fucking perfect. And before we even get started, Cody, I'm gonna tell you right now: favorite character, Alex Louise Armstrong. He's just the fucking best. <laughs> he definitely like provides like probably the most comedy in this show outside of like the the random short jokes right and he will fuck you up too <laughs> it's like not only is he like the most ridiculous character but he will just fucking ranch you and you just won't even realize it like you're like oh my god his shirt's ripped you're just dead you better get the fuck out of dodge because you are so dead yeah like i love it i love it yeah, yeah he's my favorite character by far yeah, I don't. I don't even know if I have. It'd be tough to pick a favorite character in the show because all of the characters are just so well written, like you, like you touched on before. Um, that's a tough one. But uh, you know, I, I, I hate to say it, but I think Edward might, like Ed, might just be my favorite character. Honestly, he's a know. great main character. He's a great main character. He's a better main character than we are, Cody, because we just start talking and we don't even introduce ourselves to the masses. We're like. <laughs> We're like the live-action Full Metal Alchemist over here. Of course, guys. We are back for Shonen and Suds. You can tell we're just excited this week to cover the best, the GOAT, the best of the best, the greatest. And that is, again, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. And we are Shonen and Suds. I'm Chris Adams. And I'm Cody Snodgrass. And we can get back to gushing. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and it's a great main... He's just a great main character. And, like, Alphonse is great. Like... There are no shitty characters in this show. Yeah, there's like almost too many good characters. Like <laughs> and like even like the random villains like your your father uh Cornellos, your fucking uh you know, Shao Tuckers. Like there's some just tragedy to this story and to these characters, right? Like it's just it's just fucking perfect. And you get such a wide variety in these first 13 episodes, right? Like you get, you get kind of taken all over the place and the pacing is so good. Yeah. Like they tell, they tell parts of a backstory and they make it like it's quick and concise where you get, you know, how we got to where we're at now. It's not like fucking seven deadly sins where they do a backstory for like five episodes and then bring you back and you're like, Wait, what? Where were we at? I don't even remember how we got here. <laughs> like, right? And I love the way they do backstory in this. Like, whenever they're doing a flashback scene, they just tell you what you need to know right now. Yeah. To make it like to kind of tie the room together, and then when you need to know more, they'll go back to that scene and just kind of extend it further, or they'll go to a different, you know, part, you know, in like the Ishvalan War, which is clearly the event that sets all of the of this whole story in motion. But just so much good stuff here, and I can't wait to talk about it. But Cody, we've got some, uh, you know, a couple other things to talk about first. Um, you know, obviously we've got um, some uh, not too much news, but like some big news 
in the in the fact that um, you're seeing uh, things on Twitter here about a Studio G- uh, Ghibli and Lucasfilm collaboration. Yeah, it's just a tweet from Studio Ghibli where it's, it shows like the Lucasfilm logo and then it shows the Ghibli logo and that's it. But I mean, it has the internet and an uproar. Dude. And uh, I believe well, it's not April 1st, so I'm inclined to agree. I believe it. Yeah, and then I believe it was, I can't remember if it was the Star Wars or if it was the Lucasfilm's Twitter woke tweeted mm-hmm. it as well. So mm, well, something's going on. I don't know if this is. You know, I, Dude, I would, they could tell. I would assume it's no, Star please. Wars related, but mm-hmm. I mean, I'm. It could be something new when I'm here for it. I, I'm all in. Like, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I, I think because Star Wars, you know, I'm a big Star Wars guy too, but I think there's so many angles. You can tell a softer, whimsical, Ghibli style story uh, in that universe and really, you know, feel at home. Or you could tell, or they could just kind of go outside their comfort zone and tell something really like, you know, almost like Princess Mononoke style, go something a little bit darker, a little bit more, you know, there's they, they, that that's such a huge playground for them. Like the Star Wars universe is so rich for Studio Ghibli to just fuck around with. Um, but I also wouldn't hate if they wanted to take like an Indiana Jones style route. I would love to see... Ghibli version of uh, Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones. I'd eat that shit up. I think I'd prefer Indiana Jones over Star Wars. If I'm being, if I'm being completely honest, hey, no, I'm here. That's for fair. It. It's a, it's 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 an absolute win, no matter what direction they take. You know what I mean? I'm I'm definitely here for it. Yeah. So we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that because that is. Oh my god! I mean, that's, yes. That's really the big news of the week, which that just dropped today. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Outside of that, I mean, there's not. Really, a whole lot that I have to. to go yeah, nothing with. that we're like, right? Because like, obviously, Chainsaw Man is doing well. All these other like this uh, Gundam Mercury Witch or Witch of Mercury or whatever, which I also really want to watch. I, I love Gundam. There's there's a lot of shows that I keep seeing stuff on that it's like, well, I'm not watching this yet, so I'm just gonna go right past it. Um, which eventually, you know, Full Metal Alchemist is going to take us through pretty much through the rest of the year and probably into maybe a week of 2023. But then after that, I mean, a lot of these show seasons should be wrapping up and we should be, you know, be able to catch up with certain things. But um, also speaking of that, Cody, you know, with Thanksgiving two weeks down the road, what we are going to do is we're going to cover the first th- 13 episodes. Of this uh, of the, Obviously, we've covered the first 13. We're covering the next 13 then on the week of Thanksgiving, you know, if you want to, you know, really get away from the family, uh, we're going to do, we're going to have an episode posted. We're going to cover the first live action Full Metal Alchemist movie. So if you want to get drunk and trash a movie with us. By all means, yeah. By all means, have a listen. And I don't know if there's any other, you know, I don't follow Full Metal Alchemist as, as close as I follow something like Death Note. But I don't know if there's ever been a, right. even an attempt at a live action before these ones. Um, not that I'm aware of, but I feel like it's something they could do. Like, I, I, it doesn't seem like it would be that hard. I mean, technology's come a long way. Yeah, I was just trying to think if this was the first, like, foray into any live action for Fullmetal Alchemist. Um, yeah, I would love to just see a movie. Like, honestly, they don't, don't even tell the story of Fullmetal Alchemist. Like, I would love to see a movie just about, like, the Ishvalan War. Yeah, like, I think give I, me that movie. Yeah, I think if there's anything I want to know more about, it's that. Like, um, yeah, because that get, seems like 
Yeah, right. it's like v- like Vietnam feeling, right? Like people, the, the state alchemists have come back like Rambo. They're just they just they can't adjust to life, and they're just like we did terrible things out there, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and then one other just small news thing as well um, that I just mm-hmm. saw. Uh, it looks like the Dragon Quest: The Adventure of Dies anime English dub is debuting in North America on November eighth. So. Oh, that's awesome! That's I mean, awesome because I I love the subtitles, but fuck, I want to watch this in English so bad. Yeah, absolutely. We're 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 spoiled with our English dubs nowadays, Chris. We don't <laughs> we don't want to have to yeah. read. <laughs> well, and it's not that I don't want to, but I just don't fucking want to. <laughs> you know, if that makes if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, and it looks it like the entire show has already aired mm-hmm. in Japan. It looks like the final episode was. October 22nd, so there's 100 episodes, and that's it. Oh, so, nice. I nice. think it's a cool stopping point, and I mean, it's a good chunk of anime, obviously. Um, yeah, absolutely. 100 episodes is great. Like, hey, here's our 100th episode. Also, it's the fucking series finale. Enjoy. Not, not <clears throat> bad at all. Definitely look forward to checking that out. Um, yeah, outside of that, don't really got much anime news. I think... Uh, the Makoto Shinkai film that's coming or that's coming out later this year, early next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I got like its seventeenth trailer theme song. Meh. I'm yeah, not, I'm not watching. I, I'm already sold. You, you, you've got. Yeah. It. Exactly. I'll be I'll be in the theaters, you know, to watch that. So it's fine. It's absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, Unless it comes out the same day as the Whitney Houston movie, then I won't be seeing it in theaters. Well, that sounds like a that's a doubleheader day that Chris you just don't even. <laughs> <You're, you're, laughs> damn it, you're right. Yeah, you, oh, you twisted my arm, Cody. You, you you cash in that popcorn refill for buying the large popcorn. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> and you go straight back in. <laughs> God damn right. Yeah, that's pretty much all oh. the news we got for this week, and uh, yeah, I'm just excited to talk about Full Metal Alchemist. But Chris, before we get to that, we do got some important stuff we got to talk about, and that is what we're yeah. drinking. So, dude. Absolutely, Cody. You know we can't talk about the goat with a dry mouth. We can't be going back to the deserts of Ishvala with a with a <laughs> desert mouth ourselves. So, Cody, I need to know, and the people need to know, what you're drinking. All right, Chris. Oh, fucking thunderous. <laughs> yeah, that, that, Did you that, open that with Yolnir or what happened? I think it red barred my, uh, my mic on my recording software I got here. That's a good thing. Um, Open that up in a transmutation circle. Yeah, we are back with flavor number two of the Bud Light Seltzer mm. Apple Slices Pack. And this is uh, tell me more. This is cranberry apple. Mmm, um, how festive! Yeah, and it, it yeah it actually is kind of festive. You're right, Chris. That, that's probably why they did this. They released this during fall because they knew everybody's sipping on ciders and getting ready for Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, most. I mean, you have cranberries at Thanksgiving. You have there's usually some kind of apple dish, be it like stewed apples, applesauce, apple pie, apple cobbler. There, there's some. There is something on every Thanksgiving table with fucking apple in it. Oh, absolutely. And you know, we have uh, a cranberry apple here. Um, there it is. Now, this flavor is good. I'm not the biggest fan of cranberries, uh, or like, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's cranberry juice, cranberry sauce. Um, sure. But, you know, this is this is good. It's not bad. It's it's not my favorite out of the pack. You know, I've only had the two mm-hmm. flavors. I've had the crisp apple, which is basically like a green apple, and then I've had this mm-hmm. one. Um, the 
Crisp Apple so far is definitely my favorite, and it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to beat, Chris. Um, oh man! The other two flavors that I got left are the peach mango apple and strawberry apple. So it looks like well, those sound like two heavy hitters to me, there, Cody. Yeah, that, that that's some that's some stiff competition there. Um, and it looks like strawberry apple is the next one in the box. I'm looking at it now. Oh baby. Which is exciting because peach mango would have been the one that I would be like saving for last because that has that literally is like three of my favorite fruits. All all crammed into one can, you know. uh, know, I'm telling you. And then still with the tail of the tape, Chris, we're at we're at five percent alcohol, hundred calories. Um, Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Not putting on your winter coat quite yet. Not yet. Um, But yeah, (laughs) I've been I've been lenient. I've been able to save this party pack. Uh, somehow, you know, usually I have to buy like two or three of these things to make it through a full podcast or like a series that of episodes, true. but this one I've, I've, I've held back a little bit. I've only finished off the crisp apples and the rest of the cranberries. So we're mm-hmm. saving, we're saving, we're saving the, the rest for, you know, the next two weeks, but that's what I'm having today. Chris, what about you? What are you drinking? Well, Cody, I am not watching my winter coat today. I've got a bottle here in front of me and I've, I've almost, well, I've poured it into a glass like a fucking civilized human being, but I am almost done with this one. I'm going to go get another one. I am drinking the Founders Breakfast Stout. Uh, Founders is a brewery, one of my favorite breweries. They're out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, their breakfast stout is just absolutely dynamite. Cody, why is it called a breakfast stout, you ask? Uh, because it's um, made with it, it's made with oatmeal. It's technically an oatmeal stout, um, and it also has coffee and chocolate in it, so it's literally breakfast in a glass but um it's made with um i want to say it's got two different types of coffee in it um oatmeal and um dude it's just it's just perfect and it is uh it is like 10 percent. so we are we are getting housed today cody oh, chris will be uh, chris is going to be snoozing by the end of this episode <laughs> that's right sorry well i say 10 but it's 8.3 to be exact which is still that's a big and Oh, we but round, it is. We, we round up around here. You know, that's right. It sounds like ten. That's right. <laughs> but it's it's perfect this time of year. Like this is this is a real real good drinking sound, Cody. I have had these with breakfast before. Um, it's like it's like a great like if you're if you're I don't know what your thoughts are on like French toast and waffles and pancakes. Um, this is actually a great beer to have with some sort of pastry. Um, you know, breakfast dish, you know, cinnamon rolls, honey, but you know, whatever type donuts. Um, it's, if you're into that kind of lifestyle where, you know, maybe you have the, the brunch on Sunday or you just want to start fucking drinking at 7am, whatever floats your boat. Um, I would highly rate, even though I know you're not a stout guy, next time you have something like that for breakfast, like got like some sort of pastry or something on the sweeter side, definitely give it a try. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Chris, we, we've been, I think the meal we've shared the most <laughs> whenever, we're hang- whenever we're hanging out is breakfast, and that is true. It's I think the most every, important meal of the day. I think every time we've we've started drinking early, uh, <laughs> whether that's a mimosa, that's the way to do it. Oh yeah, yeah mm-hmm. oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't play around. Well, next time we're hanging out, which obviously with OP coming back, we'll be hanging out sooner than we realize. Um, we're gonna go somewhere and we're gonna see if they have some kind of breakfast out, and we're gonna have one that breakfast, that first breakfast that we have. It's happening. It's happening. It, 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 Put it put it down in the books, boys. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, we, we we can finally retire the mimosa for one day, I guess, and then. We'll oh, oh no, we're doing oh we're doing both. Yeah, we'll do <laughs> both. There we go. <laughs> that's right. That's right. 
we can split the beer and have our own mimosa. Yeah, we'll have the stout with our uh, our our pastry appetizer, and then when they bring exactly. out, when they bring out the biscuits and gravy. It's all mimosas from there. <laughs> see, because I see it like this: it's a win for me either way. Because like we split one, you don't say for you know for you know a reason you don't like it, one reason or another. I'll drink the rest of it. So I, I still get a beer one way or another. See, I, I've thought this out. I've, I've definitely planned this out. That's a smart play, Chris. We're saving money, and if it's if I don't enjoy it, you're you're there to pick up the pace, you know? <laughs> you're goddamn right. You're goddamn right. But, Cody, you, you, you set me up, and I'm going to crank it out of the park. You know, there's something we're getting ready to dive into that we both most certainly enjoy. No questions asked, and it never gets old, and we're all always down to drink it in, and that is Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Um, so just a real quick tale of the tape here, Cody. This aired in April of 2009. Now, granted, this the original Full Metal Alchemist that aired was 2003. Now, that one was where I cut my teeth on Full Metal Alchemist. I thought it didn't get any better than that. Boy, was I fucking wrong. Um, because the original one, the original anime deviates pretty hard from the manga, whereas Brotherhood stays incredibly true and pretty much directly follows the manga. Um, so, and I want to say that the, the 2003 Full Metal Alchemist only had like, what, 26 episodes or something like that? Whereas... Brotherhood has a, we've talked about this last week, has a big, this might be the big old, the biggest single serving that we've done, Cody. This is a, we are piling our plate high at the buffet. We're acting like they're closing down and we can't get another plate. We are going to pile on 64 episodes. Yeah, 64 episodes. Uh, the original had 51, so. It was, it was 51, okay. For some reason, I thought it was shorter than that. I thought the original had, I thought they both had 52, but I'm clearly just. Really? Living in the Twilight Zone, I don't know. Well, I also have not watched the original one since, like, 2012, when, like, Brotherhood was, like, fully available. So it's like, I, as much as I love that one, I just kind of disavow the knowledge of that one existing now, because bro, it's still good. I'm just going to, I'm going to say this, it's still good, but why would, why would you ever watch that one when you can watch Brotherhood, is really what I'm getting at. Yeah, it's more of just, you watch it because you want to you know, like it, it, like if you if you watched Brotherhood first, you're like, oh well, let me check out the original. Um, right. Yeah, it's, it's like, why would I ever play The Last of Us when I have Last of Us remastered? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I think the the biggest comparison I've seen is like comparing it to like Hunter Hunter from '99 and 2011. Um, yeah. 2011 is just the superior one. Um, and I and yeah. I, you know there's some purists out there that, that like the originals better, and that's fine. But uh... sure, and I'll, I'll always have a spot in my heart for the 2003 Full Metal Alchemist because that's that was my first exposure to it, and I oh, loved it. And I mean that, I, that I like the success of that. Not to interrupt, sorry, um, but like the success of that is what caused you know Brotherhood, and I mean all these PlayStation exactly. 2 games and DS games mm -hmm. and card games and board games and. Yep. And you said exactly what I was getting ready to say, so no worries there. It, it, it's exactly right. But now that I have the option to watch Brotherhood, that's all I'm going to watch because it is. And I'm not, I, I don't want to sound like, you know, I'm being just such a fanboy or being biased. Like it's hard for me. And I, you know, especially now that I'm doing this podcast and I'm watching a lot more anime, I still have not found one. And every time I go back and watch this, it just reinforces that there's just, I don't, there just isn't an anime that is as good as this. Yeah. And, and there's just fucking isn't. And I think you could even 
go beyond that, I think this is just one of the best shows, period. Um, yes! Like Absolutely. When I think about my favorite television shows of all time, this is top five, like, very yeah. easily. Like, my, my, my favorite television show, like, you know, real life acting is, I like Friends and I like The Sopranos. Those are my, my number one and mm-hmm. number two. Um, Great shows. And this is, <laughs> this show is probably my right up there. Number three. It's like, it's, it's number three if I'm ranking it, like, like, by not picking a favorite, but like, obviously Death Note's my favorite, you know. Sure. But like, I can, I can agree, I can attest that this, this show is a better anime than Death Note. <laughs> And right, then, and and I and I've definitely got anime that I that are my favorites, but they're I I I agree with you. They're just not as good as Brotherhood. They're just they're just fucking not. Yeah. Um. And and real quick before we get too far ahead, going back mm-hmm. to the to the original Full Metal Alchemist, there are mm-hmm. some parts of that that I really did enjoy, and I'm trying to mm-hmm. remember. I think it was Envy who had a real arm and a real leg. It was either Envy or it was um. Fuck, is it Pride? I'm trying to remember all the 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 seven. Because yeah, because I, I know because I think it's and, you know, obviously, obviously spoiler 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 spoiler. I think because isn't Wrath Bradley? Wrath is King Bradley, and Pride is the um, kid, right? Pride is the yes. Pride is the kid. Okay, I can't. Okay, uh, so I think it is Envy in the original one. Okay, where Envy yeah. has like the arm and the leg that Ed is missing. And they don't, and this never yes, happened. Yes, yes. It doesn't happen in the manga, and it doesn't happen in Brotherhood. But I, I just thought that was yeah. always like a cool, like, yeah, thing. Especially like when I first realized it, I was like, oh shit, that's like mm-hmm. he has a human arm and a human mm-hmm. leg, like the same ones that Ed would have. And yeah, I, I, that, I think that's my the reason I'll watch the original still is because of that like cool mm-hmm. little just moment. Um, yeah, but the original, like we said, it still is. A household name. I I think if we watch the original, it's still going to be towards the top of our lists. Um, oh, I'd still have a great time watching it. Like I, I I'm not. Oh, if somebody cut it on and said, "Hey, you want to watch Full Metal Alchemist?" I'd be like, "Oh, Brotherhood? No, the original." I'd say, "Okay." Yeah, it's it's a it's a win win. Like <laughs> either way, yeah, I, I I wouldn't. It's like saying, "Do you want pizza?" Yeah, how about Little Caesars? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's still it's still pizza, you know. Right, Fuck it, right? It is still pizza. Um, That's right. Yeah, uh, but uh, please continue with your tale of the tape, Chris. We went on a little tangent there, but no, no, that's okay. I mean, that was kind of it. You know, it debuted in two thousand ten, April. I want to say uh, two thousand. Uh, sorry, two thousand nine, and it debuted in America in February. Uh, or the dubbed episodes were in America on Adult Swim in February of 2010. And it became kind of a mainstay on like the, uh, like the nighttime like block where you would have that, you would have shit like, uh, I want to say, I want to say they brought like Bebop and Outlaw Star back for this, but it was like, like FMA was like, I'd be falling asleep and I'd cut the TV on and fucking Full Metal Alchemist would be on. And that was, what a time to be alive, Cody. Yeah, and I want to say, I, I think it's still part of the anime block on on Adult Swim. I obviously I haven't That's watched. Fucking awesome. Obviously I haven't watched Adult Swim in you know quite a few years at this point. But mm. I'm pretty sure it's still like just there. Like I think it's there with like Bebop and I you know I'm I'm just speaking. You know I, I, there's no facts here, so if if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I yeah, I, no, absolutely. I'm pretty sure like Shupiden, like Naruto Shupiden, like I remember watching mm-hmm. it was like back to back to back, and it was just like. All the hits, you know, <laughs> like yeah, 
it doesn't get much better than that. And uh, uh, one thing that's great about Brotherhood that I wish more anime would do, and we talked about this before we started recording, is uh-huh. the, like recaps. Like they recap yeah. you know, the last episode in like 30, 45 seconds. And they like tell mm-hmm. tell you exactly what you need to know, which especially when you're watching anime. Like before we had, you know, Netflix and all these things where we could just, you know, watch it all, like binge it all. Back mm-hmm. in, back in the day, Chris, if you missed a, a Saturday of Adult Swim, you were you were struggling. Yeah, like you were like, How did mm-hmm. we get here? How did what happened here? <laughs> you were either staying up till four AM to catch the encore or you just fucking missed it. Yeah. And and I think having that little recap is something that I wish more anime did, honestly. And some do, but yep. not not a lot do. Uh, not enough. Yeah, and, and it's very quick. They they give you like the bullet points, like, hey, this was important. This was important. Here we go. Um, and it, I love how it's not like the way they do TV shows now, where the recap sets you up for who you're going to see in the episode. The recaps here tell you, hey, this is what you. These are the important things you missed in the last episode. Don't fucking miss it again. Let's go. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good way to put it too. Because I I know what you mean when like a TV show recaps, they'll show like, oh, like this episode is gonna be about Daryl from The Walking Dead because he's all over this recap, or you know, that's just exactly. That's just or they'll they'll bring they'll bring a conversation back from like two seasons ago with a random character and the main character. Like, oh, well, this guy's gonna be in this episode again, or they're gonna address what happened here, yeah. and that's gonna be an important part. I, I hate that shit. Like. Full Metal gives you the bullet points, and they're like, "All right, now on with the show. Here we go. Don't fucking miss another episode." Yeah, none. There could be none of those characters that we just saw could be featured in this next yeah. episode, but it's important to know. Um, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. And yeah. uh, speaking of a beautiful thing, Cody, the intro to this show is absolutely fantastic. Or you know, the 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 first intro is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, which I believe the first intro is called Again by Yui. Yeah. Are you... Uh, got the, the Winry Shimmy. Yeah, the, yeah, the Winry Shimmy, Chris. I, for, I, I do love this intro. Uh, I think it's my favorite intro uh, uh, across all of the intros, which obviously we'll get to hear those over the next coming weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this one is my favorite intro. Um, it's the best one for sure. Yeah, and I mean... For sure. The animation that's going on, the, we get the... <laughs> We get Winry hit by a gust of wind, whatever the hell happens there. Well, it's so random, right? Because we see, like, Ed loses his arm and leg. Then we see Al just fucking disappear. And then Winry just like, what? Yeah. (laughs) And I don't know why. It's like, to me, that's, like, fucking iconic. Like, I always remember that part. Like, oh, here comes. I love it. And it goes with the song, which I think is why they just... Like it, there's like three little yeah. lines, and I obviously I'm I'm learning Japanese, but I don't know all of it. Mm-hmm. But there's three yeah, it's lines. Very, um, yeah, there's like three lines of build up before like they go into like the next verse or the chorus or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And they had Ed now, and they just decided to throw Winry. I don't know. They could have just had like Winry, like and Grandma and the dog show up, and it would have been fine. Yeah, <laughs> they just, just have them all do the shimmy. You we, know? <laughs> we didn't need the fucking the shake, but. It is hilarious mm-hmm. to watch, um, and Chris, I, mean, this I absolutely is, love it. This is a show where you don't skip the intro. Um, never, never, ever, ever. Yeah, like it's just a fantastic intro. I mean, I wa- I watched all thirteen of them. So, yep, and you don't and you don't skip the outro either because for some it's one of those shows also, and it's not a gripe. I like it, but I I hate that it keeps me on my toes 
Some episodes have an after credit scene. Some of them do not. Um, the majority of them do not. But then you'll get like the after credit scene with Winry there at her desk. And she's like, oh, I wonder what this screw goes to. Oh, fuck. And then that's like the end of the that's like the end credit scene. Or there's one with like Mustang sitting at his desk. You know what I mean? Talking to Hughes. So like, you know, they, they don't hit you with an end credit scene often. But you're, I mean, the outro is good anyway, because I love like the little like stick figure, like kind of like child's drawing. Yeah. the way the art's done on the outro but like and the, the song's good too so you stick around it's like oh that's a fun and most of the after credit scenes they feel comedic but they're also like super fucking important for what's getting ready to happen which i think is kind of cool yeah what, what i do like about their after credit scenes when they do happen um mm-hmm. is like you, you're not gonna miss anything if you don't miss if you don't watch them because they're gonna mm-hmm. go over it pretty like in depth, like the the screw scene, like the yeah, the screw that's missing from his arm. Um, yep, they basically play that scene again, yeah, more, whereas, more or less. Whereas some some anime, they have like a very important thing happening, and you, you like they don't really touch on it like as they should in the actual episode. Um, They'll introduce a character, and if you don't watch the after credit scene, you're just like, who the fuck is that guy? Yeah, and we're we're specifically looking at Seven Deadly Sins. Um, Oh, Which ironically, Chris, when Seven Deadly Sins first popped up on Netflix, I was like, Seven Deadly Sins. I'm like, this just sounds like a shitty Full Metal Alchemist. Like that's a, that was yeah. W- turns w- out that's word exactly for word what it what was. I said, and I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's so much worse than that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> turns out. But yeah, I, I do like you said. While the outro song isn't like my favorite song or anything like that, I, I like the little like, like you said, like the ch- kids drawing thing, and then of course you get to the end of it. And it's like Ed and Al are, are sitting there with like their fucking colored pencils and crayons, like they they were drawing. Yeah, which I think is awesome. What I'm uh, saying, dude, I love these characters so much. Like they're just so real. Fucking love it. I just love. I don't know, man. Like they're just great. They're just absolutely great characters. And Cody, I'm ready to dive in, man, because we just kind of get dropped right in to some pretty serious shit here in the first episode. Yeah, they they kind of. They kind of just drop us into um, into this world, you know. We're we're brought. I I think this first episode, while it is technically a filler, I think this is more of like a kind of just like an jog, introduction, kind of just jogging everybody's memory from like because nobody when Brotherhood first premiered, nobody at least that I know of went into it not knowing what Full Metal Alchemist was. Like we were going in knowing exactly who you know Ed and Al and Roy and. You know, fear and they do Bradley. a good job of respecting that. Like they do a good job of like saying, "Hey, you should know who these characters are, but we're just going to tell you who they are just in case, but we're not going to beat you over the fucking head with it." Right. Exactly. And of course, we we get introduced to our two main characters, that's Edward and Alphonse Elric, the Elric brothers. That's uh, right. We we see Al as this giant suit of armor. Uh Ed clearly has auto mail, which is uh, basically, basically like, like mechanic prosthetics. Yeah, like prosthetic arm and leg. Um, yeah, because you get this kind of the show has a very steampunk kind of vibe to it. Like it's like when you look at the the years, it's like eighteen eighty five or like nineteen fourteen. Like we're talking like it has a very like early nineteen hundreds feel, but it has a very like like I would consider Full Metal Alchemist very steampunk, like more more on like the 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 fantasy side of steampunk, but like. 
the, the everything is very like mechanical steam powered. There are like you know, but there are engines and electricity and things like that. But you've got these very old timey military outfits using these like fucking bolt action rifles that it, you look like they should all be engaged in trench warfare and just fucking killing each other with mustard gas, right? So. The and like the cars look very old fashioned. It's there's this there's this very like I don't know. I love the aesthetic of this show. It's very like turn of the century or turn of the nineteen hundreds, which I believe because you see it on spoiler alert, spoiler alert. You see it on Maze's to uh, Maze Hughes tombstone that he died in nineteen fourteen. Whatever that means for this universe. Yeah, and I believe like. I want to say it was like 1911 is when the the boys burnt down their house, I think is when that was. Yes. Um, yeah, because remember October 3rd, 11. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of just thrust into uh, this central command, basically, which is... Uh, like like the, the primary headquarters of the military. Yeah, I think it's the primary headquarters of just the country in general. Like, it's like the Washington, which... D.C. of this world. Um, right, which, by the way, you kind of, just from context clues, this is a very, like, I don't want to say, like, fascist government, but, like, it's military-run. The the fucking leader, the guy who runs the military slash runs the country is the fucking Fuhrer, by the way. Fuhrer Bradley is the guy who is running the show. So, like, there's this very, like, military, like, I guess, militant fashion, call it what you want. Um, but, like, the military runs the show. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and we get our first, like, villain introduced here, uh, who is Isaac McDougal. He is the freezing alchemist. Um, and- yeah, a, fa- a fallen state alchemist, which I love, Cody. I love that they do this right off the bat. Um because I don't think, even in the original one, I don't think we saw, like, the Isaac McDougal episode was, like, till a few episodes in. Um, yeah, but I, I can't remember when it was in the, in the original, but then you go ahead. I was saying, because this is why I love that, this is where we start getting the bits and pieces of the, the Ishvalan War that, like, really, really changed the landscape of this world that we're in. Like, we're talking, like, Civil War like these you learn from McDougal, you know, throughout just little bits and, you know, further on along the show that the military did some really fucked up stuff during yeah. this war. And I guess we can kind of just touch on the war itself. So basically mm-hmm. this, this fallen war was started when uh, a member of the military, I think accidentally shot or supposedly accidentally shot. Right. Uh, right. A child, a child, uh, an, an fallen child. Um, and mm-hmm. that caused the, obviously the people of Ishval, which is just another portion of this country, to uh, revolt and you know just begin this yep. Ishval and civil war. Um, and and they called in the state alchemists basically to quell the uprising, and they they killed a lot of people, and they did it like in pretty horrific ways. Yeah, and we we kind of learn bits and pieces more uh, as the show goes on, but like it seemed like the. They, you know, they had regular like foot soldiers going at it with these this fallen people, and then you know, uh, they were they were losing that battle. So they sent in all these state alchemists who were, you know, very. They mopped them real fucking quick. Yeah, and and that that you know alchemy is pretty much what this show is about. Um, that's mm-hmm. like the bread and butter of this show. And Isaac McDougal, or the Freezing Alchemist, was a former state alchemist. Um, it was clearly and now, his whole thing was. I was gonna say he. He absolutely 
like you could tell he was just like we did horrible things like he has turned against the military for what happened in Ishfall and he's not the only one that we meet throughout the show that has like turned their back on the military because of all this like again it's very Vietnam like right you have people that come back and they're just like what the fuck did we do like I've lost all faith in everything that we stand for like we this is wrong like we should not I'm like and while what McDougal is doing is very extreme, it there's like there's I don't know like I had a hard time you know especially after you watch the whole show and like you learn more about what happened like you have a hard time saying that he's wrong you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I mean, especially like the more and more we learn about the Fallen War, like, uh-huh. they did some fucked up shit. Uh, like, uh-huh. but they're always referred to as like these. Military lap dogs, I think, is what they call themselves, or like the a lot dogs of, of war, baby. Yeah, and um, so yeah, basically, you know, we're at Central. We have this guy; he's like killing off some like foot soldiers and things like that. Um, and we are Ed, Ed and Al, Al are basically running around trying to trying to catch this guy. That they're oh, well, well, don't don't gloss over the greatest line in the whole show. Cause... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, because. Because also, too, like each alchemist, each of these state alchemists can do something different. Whereas McDougal, his kind of like is his ability is that he can manipulate the water in people's bodies or so, or he can just manipulate water. Yeah, like moisture um, in the air. He can do all kinds of stuff. Yep. Which is extremely powerful if you think about it. Like, holy shit. If this guy was like in the X Men, oh, it'd be over. Like, the, Magneto. You're done. You know what I mean? He's like a waterbender from fucking Avatar. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, these guys are all super fucking powerful. It's so wild. Which unfortunately causes him to say the worst line in anime Mm. history. He says, water freezes, water boils. Either way, you're just as dead as he kills, like, a random foot soldier. (laughs) Yeah, some random military, some private who didn't want to be there that day. He probably had, like... I don't know some 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 hot piece of ass waiting for him back at the bar. <laughs> Not tonight, buddy. Yeah, um, but yeah, he he's clearly causing up causing a stir, killing dudes at, at Central, and Ed and Al are basically assigned to to take him out, bring him in, whatever they can do. Um, uh-huh. And so you know, they I I want to say they get in their, this first fight before. Armstrong shows up and starts helping out. Oh yeah, yeah. They actually take McDougal down because like McDougal like underestimates him. Um, you know, basically, um, he he goes after Al and you know they they're able to pretty much subdue him and they get him cuffed up because uh, Ed traps him in like the like the fucking like he gets the concrete to surround him and um like because we get our first like comedic look because McDougal thinks that Alphonse and this is just kind of a recurring gag. Everyone thinks that Alphonse is the full metal alchemist because he's in a fucking seven foot tall suit of armor. But then when the uh, Al's like, uh, it's not me. And they look at Ed and he's like this little kid. And Ed, you, he does not like, you know, he's, he has a Napoleon complex. He knows he's little. He doesn't drink his milk. And he fucking hates when someone calls him short, which is, you know, just brings great comedic value throughout the entire show. Yeah, absolutely. And but, I mean, just to touch yeah, on Yeah, the, but they the, they capture him here. Yeah. And and just to touch on like the the comedy moments in the show. I know we talked about it oh. earlier, but like Chris th- this show still makes me laugh even though I've seen it fucking 10 times by now. Like 
I love the way the animation changes. Like they get so noodly and yeah, wavy, like, and it gets like the one piece of hair, and you know what I mean. Yeah, they get like the noodly chibi look. Like it's so funny. Yeah, like this. It's just it's just fucking gold. Like <laughs> yeah, it still cracks me up. Like anytime there they start doing that, or when like Armstrong just rips his shirt off and like is like starts hugging P. It's so great. It's so fucking great. Yeah, and while they're Oh, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. And speaking of Armstrong, oh, no. Chris, he's uh, he's about to make a his, his appearance here. Um, your your favorite character, dude. Yeah, because McDougal, because they, they basically the, the the brothers subdue him, but he and they hand him off to some soldiers. Well, while they're escorting him, you know, to Central to lock him up, he uh, he's able to escape by like making steam out of a puddle of water that's on the ground, and he's able to escape. Yeah, Chris, um, he hits the fucking Fallsbury flop and lands in a puddle of water to, <laughs> to right. use that as his that's resource. Right. <laughs> Got him. And uh, he fucking disappears, and he ends up... Uh, I want to say the first place he goes is he. he we, we get a glimpse of another... I, I'd say he's an important character, um, and that's um, Joff J. Kimbley, who is another um, state alchemist, but this motherfucker's locked up in Central, and he learn you learn real quick that Kimberly is a fucking psychopath. He loved what he fucking did in Ishval. He was like, "I'll fucking do it again. If I could do it all over again, I'll kill him all over again." Like, so because Isaac's like uh, McDougal's going in there, like asking for his help, and Kimberly's like, "I don't regret what I did. <laughs> Fuck that. I'd do it again." Which basically, uh, McDougal realizes that's a lost cause, and he leaves. Um, and that's where I want to say he's confronted with, uh, with our boy, Cody, the boy. Yeah, the boy, Alex Louise Armstrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe him. He is just, like, the most jacked dude ever. He is all might. <laughs> but he's, like, the nicest guy ever. Like, he's just, I don't know. He's, he's just, a, he's just, he's the perfect like, character. Hulk Hogan and all might. And like he's he's a, he's a gentle giant, right? Like he is very all about finesse and form, and you know these are the techniques passed down through the Armstrong family. Um, so and and he's he is not one to be fucked with. Like you know, McDougal thinks he like, well, they're fighting. McDougal thinks he has, but he just was like, oh man! Like everybody is just amazed by how agile Psycho like, Armstrong is, bigger than anybody else in the show. But he's so fast and so strike. He's just he it just he's just he's like one of the people like when you're in when you're in a scrap, when you're just fucking balls deep in a Donnybrook, you definitely want Armstrong there to to like tank his way through. Um, but you also find out here, too, Cody, um, w- the way McDougal plans on destroying Central, he's kind of creating this gigantic transmutation circle throughout the city. And his plot is basically to freeze over Central Command, which will in turn kill everybody inside of it. Yeah, uh, which of course these plans get thwarted by Armstrong, uh, Mustang General or Colonel Mustang at this point. Um, and yeah, and course- we have a fun moment with Mustang. Oh, I love the moment with Mustang where he um because well, he um he's the flame alchemist, so he wears these like gloves that have like flint on the fingertips, so he can make the spark and control the fire. Um, Mustang started the fire. Um, but he is just useless as 
fuck when it starts raining. Like when there's rain or water in the air, boy, he is like the worst person you want. Like he is super strong and super powerful, but when it's raining outside, he needs to fucking get to the back of the, just back of the line. Yeah, he, he is useless, unfortunately, when it comes to the, when it rains or if there's moisture or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, they 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 take down McDougal. Um, or they they stop his well, plan. They well, stop his plan at least. Um, they're not yeah, the because they're one. able to break one of the right. Yeah, because the Fuhrer the Fuhrer is there on street level. Um, but they uh basically what happens is they escape. Armstrong. They, you know, they tell Armstrong to, you know, can you stop the transmutation circle? So he goes and busts one of those up, stopping everything. And when McDougal thinks he got away, he runs into the one. Well, he also really wants to kill Fuhrer Bradley because apparently King Bradley is the one who okayed and said, this is what we have to do. So we're going to unleash hell on the on Ishval to stop to, to win this war. So. McDougal was he he just wants to kill Fira Bradley. Well, he's got his fucking chance. He is face to face with him in an alleyway and Cody. This fight does not go well. No, not at all for uh for the the freezing alchemist. Because Fear King Bradley, you know, he looks like this old guy with an eye patch. But Chris, he mm-hmm. he he just lays him to waste when he goes to like charge at him and just you just see like the sword slashes and then the blood yeah. just flows and it's just like well, all right. No, he wasn't. The Fury is clearly yep. not somebody to be fucked with. Um, oh, well, and I love, I love how emotive the Fury is. Like he, when, like he, when he has like his mean face on, you're like, oh my god, this guy is pure evil. But then he, like, when he's like lighthearted and like laughing, he's like, oh, this is a great story to tell my kids. You know what I mean? Like he becomes like he goes from like dad. Like, it's like, he's like Tony Soprano at home, and then, like, Tony Soprano, like, in the back of the restaurant, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, no. he'll fucking, loves his kids, he's gonna be there at home, at least in the early seasons anyway, and then, uh, and then, like, he is just the most lethal, evil, cunning son of a bitch on planet Earth. So, like, I don't know, like, fear you, you... As the viewer, if you don't know anything about this character, you kind of you kind of wonder just from this first episode, like, was McDougal just crazy, or is this guy just like, or is Fira Bradley like not all we think he is? So like that, that, and that's one of the things I'm talking about. The show does just a really good job of telling you so much by telling you nothing at all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's pretty much the the gist of episode one. Um, I, I would say, like, you get introduced yeah, then, to a bunch of the main characters, mm-hmm. um, and then we kind of we kind of backtrack it a little bit going into episode two. So um, Ed, mm-hmm. Ed and Al are basically assigned to go to Lior. Because um, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're basically hunting for... They're, I, I should have mentioned this when we were talking about episode one. Their whole thing, the, the whole driving force for them is they are looking for the f- information on the Philosopher's Stone. Because they're, they think that is the only thing that can fix what's wrong with them. And we find out coming up here soon, in this episode, what is actually wrong with them. Well, we actually, we learned that in the first episode when um, they committed, they actually committed what's considered like the ultimate taboo. They tried human transmutation. They tried to bring their mother back to life, but it ultimately cost Alphonse his entire body. But it first cost, well, it cost Alphonse's body, and 
Ed then, to try to save his brother, basically lost an arm and a leg to trade for Alphonse's soul, and he bonded it to that suit of armor. So that suit of armor we see is hollow, and Edward has a fake arm and a fake leg because that, that was the price he had to pay to get Alphonse's soul back. It gets, there's a, it gets very, very deep with what you know what is considered equivalent exchange and what you can and can't do, but we find out here in episode two we, we kind of get that backstory of what brought them to this position. Yeah, so while they're on this train ride to Lior, we get we get the flashback scene. Um, uh-huh. And this, basically, they, they've been learning alchemy from their father's books. Um, their father ended up, like, yeah, basically, because... basically leaving to go get smokes and never came back. Um, <laughs> That's right. I was waiting for cigarettes and never came home. Yeah, but he was a classic. He, he was a an alchemist, and so he has all these books. And so the kids have been yep. learning, and they're you know they've been showing their mom, but their mom gets sick. I want to say it's like just like a random, uh, like epidemic or yep. pandemic, yep. whatever, whatever the word is. I'm trying to say, mm-hmm. kind of spreads over the land, and she gets sick and dies of it. Um, and so you know, and these kids are now these young children now have no parents, but thankfully they've got you know the the rock bells that live you know up the street. They've got Winry and grand their uh, her grandmother. Yeah, um, but yeah, Chris, they they do the ultimate taboo, like the intro in each episode tells us that they should never do human transmutation, and they attempt to uh, bring their mom back, and it does not go well. Um, it does not. It is from the moment they put biggest their, mistake they've ever made. Yeah, pretty much from the moment they put their hands on this transmutation circle, uh, Al immediately is like something's not right. This, and you know, there's mm-hmm. you know sparks are flying, shit's going crazy, and Al essentially gets like ripped apart in front of Ed, and then Ed's leg gets um, basically torn apart, and then we see Ed basically um, kind of go through this, I don't know what to even call it, but, like, he gets teleported to this other sort of dimension area where he's talking to this... this like a limbo or purgatory type of situation. Yeah, which we come to find out, this is, like, the truth is what he's talking to. He's talking to, like, uh, mm-hmm. some kind of deity, some kind of god, whatever he's talking to is known as the truth. Um, and he, Our truth? Yeah, if only, Chris, that would be... <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically this, this, this is the, uh, it's hard to kind of describe, like to put into words of what exactly he's talking to, but he's, this figure is called the truth. And he, from then on, Chris, he knows how to do alchemy without using a transmutation circle because he's seen the truth within the truth, which is, you know, it sounds more confusing. Um, cause it is, don't worry. But basically he gets, he gets sent out of there. He's back in Back in the house, you know, Al's gone, Ed's legless, and, you know, there's this suit of armor, um, and so he he attempts to do this, like, blood seal on it, and mm-hmm. basically offers up his right arm to sacrifice getting his brother's mm-hmm. soul back, and he bonds his soul to this suit of armor, and... And know. also, don't forget that laying in the middle of the floor is this hillock, uh, this pile of flesh and blown bone this like this amalgamation of what they thought was going to be their mother and it's just this this hillock of just flesh and yeah. bone it's so it's not like a, it's you feel bad 
Yeah, and it's it like bleeds out and dies. Um, yeah. And yeah, um, but yeah, that is that is the flashback basically for this part. Um, and then mm-hmm. you know, flashing back to to where we're at in in the present time. Uh, Chris, mm-hmm. we're introduced to to Maze Hughes. Um, yeah, one of the most iconic characters in the show. Uh, him and Mustang are absolutely pretty much best buds. They've been friends for years, uh, and they fought in Nishfall and. You know, they've done some bad things, but they're both military lab dogs and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, Mace Hughes. Uh, he just loves showing pictures of his wife and daughter. Uh, Hughes of the consummate family, man. Yeah, and he brings... He, he's got some more information on this McDougal incident from the previous episode. Um, yep. Hughes, I got the vibe from Hughes that he's like this like kind of like inspector like detective like he does i don't know like he, the cases he's always assigned to involve like really i don't know like he has this like almost like military police type uh vibe to him yeah yeah he's just i don't know he's just a great character like he's just a great guy oh my God, the best <laughs> he's the best he's so good um, yeah and then we kind of we do flash back to the past again uh we see ed is alive you know al is now this suit of armor and this is when they're still young so he's armless and legless basically sitting in a wheelchair and, yep. military... and they're with uh i think at this point they're with winry and uh grandma yeah because and... i think he i yeah, you're getting ready to say the military came because they, they caught wind of what happened here or something like they had the attempt of a human transmutation or something like that yeah and it's actually mustang who we know from the present day um Oh yes, Mustang and Hawkeye, who we meet here, who is basically like his yep. his, his right hand girl. Um, and you know, yep. he basically, they're, they're surprised that a kid was able to bond this the soul to a suit of armor and all this stuff. And he wants him to mm-hmm. become a state alchemist. And so, um, yeah, we kind of skip forward a little bit to where like Ed now, like Ed gets suited up with some auto mail from Winry. Mm-hmm. Basically, because yeah, because we get the and we get this. Uh, well, yeah, well, we also get like, well, you, you know, there's like some because rec- what he says is, uh, he gives him like three years, or Winry and Grandma are like, you got three. It's going to take you about three years to recover or get used to this, you know, for rehabilitation. And he gets he hits him with the old Captain Kirk. I'll do it in one. Yep. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then we kind of just flash forward, and you know, we see some scenes mm-hmm. of them like training and him like. You know, getting yep. used to like the auto mail that he has now. Um, but right. they 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 pass their test as and become he becomes given a, a title given to him by the Fuhrer himself is the Full Metal Alchemist. Um, yeah, and what a great scene with him and the Fuhrer too, right? When he shows up to do the exam, he makes the little spear and charges the Fuhrer, and he's like, you know, hey, you know, you should maybe be a little more careful, beef up your security. What a great way for someone to assassinate a VIP. And it's another show where, like, the Fuhrer wasn't even worried because he walks away and just, you see, like, Ed's spear just fucking slice in half. Yeah, so, once again, the Fuhrer is just, he's not to be messed with. Um, no. Yeah, that, we get not to see at all. how Ed became a full metal alchemist. Um, uh-huh. And we get, like, the, this backstory on, you know, that they committed this ultimate taboo. Mm-hmm. Now, moving on to episode three, we're we are now in the city of Lior. Um, yeah, Father Cornello. This is a great episode. I love this episode so much. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a solid one. 
Um, we get introduced to Father Cornell, like you said. He is kind of just leading this, <laughs> just this. He's basically like the church leader. Um, but it's Dude, all peddling his snake oil, man. Yeah. Snake oil, snake oil. He is like he is that like fucking was it uh the uh, fucking Jerry Falwell. He is the 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 bakers. He is the, he is a televangelist who's like, give me all your money and I'll fix everything. Yeah, and of course. The reason they go there is because they think this guy has a philosopher's stone. We see he has this ring with this little red stone in it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and basically, they're there to call him out on his bullshit and to see what he knows about the philosopher's stone. Uh, we meet a girl named Rose who is oh poor this, thing. This poor, poor thing. I think she lost like her was it her boyfriend or her brother? I can't remember. I think it was. I think it was a significant other. Okay, I'm pretty certain. And so she's. She believes in everything, you know, Father Cornello this, Father Cornello that. Um, but Ed now can see through all through his bullshit, and basically, oh, and I love the I love the scene, and this is just a great like science versus religion type you know issue they're having here. I love when Rose is talking about like human life and everything, and Ed just starts reading down the ingredient list of the human body, and he's like a kid can just go to the store and buy these ingredients with the uh, change in his pocket. So he just kind of like, he has that kind of line where, you know, what well, human life is actually pretty cheap. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. And, I thought that was a really, I thought that was a really cool interaction. Oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, they basically, they go to corner Cornello about his, you know, he's, he's on bullshit. Yeah, he's bullshit. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he attacks them. He has like a, a chimera, which we learn is basically like, I guess it's a combination of, you know, whether it's animals or humans and animals, which we'll find out more about. Oh, uh, boy. They take out this chimera. Uh, eventually, Ed corners Cornello and tries to question him more about, you know, what exactly the Philosopher's Stone is. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Um, they basically take out, take out uh, Cornello. Even mm-hmm. in his fucking stone, just kind of like almost disintegrates and they they determined that that was a fake stone he he runs he, he runs off but he, well he gets him with the uh with the fucking uh with the trap he uh he basically gets cornello to spill the beans on what he's actually doing in leor just trying to basically amass an army of just fucking believers that he's going to manipulate and but uh they they got the, they got him on speakerphone so he so the whole goddamn city hears what he's saying Yep, and then we see... That thought was great. Yeah, and then, you know, the boys kind of get out of there. Um, well, I guess Rose kind of confronts them, you know, demanding the stone from Ed. Uh, and they're basically like, look, it's just, it was a fake stone. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit, nobody... You Got can't, him. You can't bring anybody back from the dead. Uh, which, you know, it's a tough pill for her to swallow, but, you know, it's it's the truth. Um, and then we see Cornello, he, he manages to escape he is killed mm-hmm. by uh, two new characters that we meet, um, and these yep, are because and we well we briefly saw Lust in episode one after McDougal was killed. We oh, we yeah, saw yeah. her very briefly, and we saw another face who you know we know later to be Honenheim, I guess. You know, spoiler, 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 spoiler. Yeah, um, but yeah, we're introduced to Lust and Gluttony. They're two. Oh, love Gluttony. They're the first two homunculus that we meet. Um, there's 
uh-huh. obviously based on two of the seven deadly sins. Uh, and she kills Cornello, and then Gluttony he eats him. He eats Cornello, yeah. Um, yeah, because so, he keeps asking, "Can I eat him? Can I eat him?" He, oh, he he definitely gets a gets a nice little bite. Yeah, these are clearly the the bad guys. Um, or some yes. of the bad guys. There's a lot of bad guys in this show. Um, yeah, and then moving moving right along, Chris, we are introduced episode four. We're introduced to Scar, another you know super popular, oh, what a great super fucking character. villain. Yeah. Um, oh man. And we're and we love I I love Scar I love his whole thing he is just on the fucking manhunt for State Alchemist and his intro scene here is he takes out what is considered who is considered one of the more like stronger like State Alchemists and that's a uh, Boss Grand who in the original um there he actually got more screen time in the original two thousand three anime but ultimately his fate was the same. Scar, what I love about Scar Cody is that he, you know, he, he kind of stopped. We, we, you learn that you learn very quickly what he can actually do. He kind of stops at the deconstruction phase in the, in the alchemy process. So he's just grabbing people by the fucking head and like their insides are just exploding. And, uh, that's 100% what he does to Boss Grand. Hell of a way to go. Like, Boss Grodd is like making all these weapons because I want to say he is the he is the iron blooded alchemist I believe is what his moniker is. Um, basically, can make weapons and cannons and shit. Well, he boxes Scar in and he just rips through the fucking wall, grabs him by the head, and just just that's it. He's dead. Just so fucking yeah. dead. Yeah, he didn't didn't stand a chance. Uh, unfortunately, but this causes how on high alert. Yeah, this causes Central to be like this is their primary. Uh, this is who they're after, you know. Fear King Bradley yep. orders uh, Maze, Hughes, and you know Armstrong, and any anybody that's available to stop these murders from happening, because clearly he's he's targeting State Alchemist. Um, yep. I want to say the body count is he's he, he's key. Ultimately, ends up killing five in Central and has basically ten bodies, you know, o- over you know across the country, and they're all State Alchemists. Cody, this is a, this whole episode. You know, that's that's what's happening in the background. What's front and center in this episode is really, really sad because um, we're introduced to another state out state out of alchemist, um, one who is who understands like chimeras and understands like li- you know like um transmutation of living creatures. Um, and this is Shao Tucker, the sewing life alchemist. Um, and you know, he lives at home with his daughter. Chris, he's the most evil anime character ever. He's the worst. He's the worst human being. Like think, he is the I worst. I think we've been over this when we were talking about like who is the worst anime or like the just most evil anime character. We've talked about him before on the cast. Um, oh my god, this this guy is just a total piece of shit, and we don't realize it right off the bat, and that's what makes it hurt because he seems like he loves his daughter so much. And he's just, you know, he's just single dad trying to make ends meet, trying to make his daughter happy. And, you know, the Elworks get to study with him a little bit. But all, but what's also happening is uh, Shao Tucker, his, um, basically his assessment, his annual assessment is coming up. And to keep your license, you have to pass this assessment. So it's not a free ride. Just because you're a state alchemist doesn't mean you always get to stay one. You have to... You have to constantly, you know, assess your talents and abilities and, you know, make sure you can still, you know, 
do what the what the military needs you to do. And um, the big thing is, Cody, where he was he created a chimera that could actually understand human speech. And boy, Cody, this is where this is where the cat gets out of the bag because you um when Ed and Al come like they, they visit him, they leave and they come back the next day. Well, they wonder where uh, his daughter Nina and their dog are. And like they're nowhere to be found, but Tucker's got this new chimera that can talk. And you start hearing her say big brother Ed and big brother Al. And you're just like, Oh no, he didn't. You're like, he didn't. And Cody, he sure as fuck did, dude. He turned, he, transmutated his daughter and the family dog into a fucking chimera and you learn real quick because tucker was desperate to keep keep his assessment like he is just down he is on the outs he's fucking he is broke he is just he is just not having a good life but that's no excuse to do what he did and you also find out two years ago well the reason he doesn't have a wife cody is because he fucking did it to her too yeah ed, ed quickly Puts together um, the puzzle here. Oh and my he god! Runs. And I mean, Chris, he beats the shit out of him. <laughs> oh, perfect! Uh, it's so perfect. Fuck that guy, dude. And Alphonse like stops him. Yeah. Like I think yeah. I think Ed would have fucking killed him if Al wouldn't have stopped him. Oh, one hundred percent. And then you know, uh-huh. of course, the Mustang shows up and they get him involved. Um, yeah, obviously he's he's. And it's he, a shame too because Tucker was like a friend, like him. Tucker and like Mustang were like friends. Yeah, I mean they they had he had no idea, right? Uh, but you hate to see it. You know, it's it's just one of those realities of being, you know, part of the military in this world. You got to see some fucking fucked up shit. Um, That's right, but it's okay though because Tucker definitely gets the end he fucking deserves while he's cause basically he's uh, still on house arrest. Um while they investigate what's going on. Well, he, he gets paid a visit, Cody, by uh by our scarred friend, and uh he quickly pays for his actions. Like there's no there's just there isn't much time. He doesn't even give him a chance really to pray to his God. He just grabs him and that's it. Yeah. Takes him out and then of course does the mercy kill on the the poor Nina yeah. Alexander Chimera. Um Yeah. That poor thing, and you hate to see it, but you know you hate to see what happened to Nina and Alexander. But boy, you, I I wanted Scar to just rip his fucking head off, like yeah. just rip his head off. Yeah, this is like, I mean, this is the episode that, like, if you aren't invested by by this point, this episode will definitely uh, mm-hmm. definitely get you emotionally invested in this show. Um, yep. Well, and, and it and it keeps going. Oh yeah, it definitely does. Um, yeah, I would say that's pretty much that episode. Um, I don't think there's anything else that really happens in that one because it kind of goes really right into this next part. Um, yeah, because it was another dead, and, that, and that's also what you kind of start seeing happen here in the early cases that Ed and Al are working. They just kind of keep running into dead ends. Yeah. Um, regarding the philosopher. philosopher's stone. Yeah, and what exactly the reason they're looking for the stone is to get Al's body back, to get Ed's body back. Yep. To set right the ship, as it were, and uh, and Cody, like you said, it goes right into this next episode where you know Ed uh, Hawkeye ends up telling Ed now that you know what happened with Ed, that Tucker and Nina were killed, um, and they pretty sure it was done by the same person who's killing State Alchemist. Um, but while that's going on, Cody, we actually get a flashback over to Lior 
and somehow Father Cronello is still fucking spreading his snake oil. But hold on, King. Hold on. My God. My God, that's not that's not Father Cronello at all. That's Envy's music. <laughs> exactly, yeah. A rattlesnake. We are introduced to our third homunculus. <clears throat> uh, and this is Envy. He can shapeshift and... I can't remember what other powers he has at this point, but for what we know, he can shapeshift. Um... <clears throat> Clearly a member of the bad guys. And oh, yeah. He is pretending to be Cornello. Um, Get the people riled up to ruffle the feathers and sow the seeds of rebellion, which which is, is actually really important. Like that, What's happening here in Lior is super, super important to the overall story. Absolutely. And we'll get back to that, Chris. But, you know, meanwhile, back mm-hmm. in East City, um, while Ed and Al, once again, like you said, they hit a dead end. Um, Chris, they are they are attacked by Scar. Um, oh yeah, and he he fucking puts the wood to them here for a little bit. They are they are kind of like they're outclassed here. Like Scar just is relentless. He just he doesn't care that he's a kid. He just wants to keep state alchemist. You're a state alchemist. That's fucking a bull seeing red. He is he is ready to get in them guts, and he chases them to the fucking ends of the earth. Yeah, messes up. Like, basically destroys a good portion of Al's body. Um, mm-hmm. Destroys Ed's arm. I mean, they are... Ed's ready... Like, he has given up on life at this point. Like He is ready. Yeah, he's, he's, he's ready to... Die. Yeah, and he even says, like, look, you can have me just let Alphonse live. And Scar... And, and Al's like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like, he's, like, getting mad at Ed for just kind of giving up. Um, But thankfully, Cody... Before that can happen, the cavalry arrives. The 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 military shows up with fucking Mustang, and you've got Hawkeye here. And um, of course, it's raining outside, so Scar starts going after Mustang. And thankfully, Hawkeye, the fucking dead eye she is, which is kind of funny. That if you're a character named Hawkeye, I imagine you have to be good at shooting. So she's able to save Mustang from Scar, but uh. Cody, it's okay, because Scar is about to meet his fucking match. Comes crashing through the wall, brother. <laughs> Just fucking rips it. You hear the fucking real Americans start playing. Armstrong rolls out, and it's just, it's so fucking great. Yeah, Armstrong shows up to help out. Um, and Scar, you know, they don't they don't capture Scar. He manages to, to escape into the sewers. Um, <clears throat> but what's important here, Cody, is during the fighting, they learn because they, they knock, you know, they're, uh, while Armstrong and Scar are going at it, Hawkeye gets a couple shots off and they knock his sunglasses off and they realize he's got red eyes. And they're like, holy shit, this guy's from Ishval. You know, that, and, and now it's the, the pieces start coming together. They start to, okay, we got a roguish Valen out here hunting state alchemists. Okay, like the, the the plot thickens, and we have a I have a we have a great moment here. Like when Scotty said he escapes into the sewers, um, by like basically destroying the ground under him. And I love the scene with Hughes, where he just kind of shows up, and he's like, "Well, I get you know things look like they were pretty hairy here, and I don't stand a chance with you pseudo humans running around." So uh, I thought it was best if I just lay low. <laughs> I love he just kind of like pops up, like I'm here, but I've been hiding this whole time. He just shows up and provides the comedy. He made no bones, but he's like, I am not getting wrapped up with you fuckers. This is not this is not my cup of tea. Yeah, exactly. Um and this is this is kind of like the next part where they tell Mustang kind of brings the Elric brothers up to speed about the Ishfallen War. Mm-hmm. Uh, which we kinda already touched on earlier. 
Um, yep. You know, Chris, now Ed, Ed's arm is all fucked up. Alphonse is in pieces, so they need to go back to mm-hmm. Risenbull, their hometown, and you know, so they got their they got their mechanic on 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 staff. Yeah, pay a visit to Winry, and so, um, you know, kind of going right into the next episode, Armstrong is. But, oh, well, also too, Cody, we forgot something important. I don't, I can't remember if it's in episode five or it happens in the next one. Scar escaped into the sewers, but he is not alone down there. Yeah, I can't remember. I was trying to think of when. Because he ends up running into gluttony and lust. Oh yeah, and he barely gets away. Like he gets, he gets the shit beat out of him. And luck, he is lucky to escape with his life. Yeah, and and we'll we'll get to see where he ends up here in a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Armstrong gets assigned to the Elric brothers to escort them back to Risenbull. Um, oh, I love that Al has to basically ride his cargo and Armstrong just fucking carrying him through the terminal. <laughs> I love it. I fucking love it. Armstrong's the best. If you don't like Armstrong, go fuck yourself. He's the best. Yeah. Um, but on on their way to Risen Bull, they, they stop. There's like another stop on the train and they recognize mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Marco, who is Tim Marco's his name. He was a former state alchemist known as the Crystal Alchemist. Yep. And so uh, he was a doctor. He served as a doctor and a state alchemist during the Ishval War. So he's another one that basically saw the atrocities of war, but instead of taking the McDougal route, where he's just like, "I'm gonna fucking burn it all to the ground," he just kind of like disappeared and just like, like I'm washing my hands of this shit. Yeah, he becomes like a doctor of this t- this local town. Um, yeah, just to kind of make amends. And I love Cody. I love that. Even the characters that don't show it, like with the exception of Kimberly, all of these state alchemists that were there are like just racked with guilt. Like even Mustang, and he kind of talks more about. It. I mean, we see more of his stuff later on, but he, like, nobody was happy with what went down there. So, like, I love that we get these bits and pieces of this just terrible thing that took place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they talk with Marco. And turns out he was researching the Philosopher's Stone. Um, mm. uh, he calls it like the devil's work, uh, all kinds of stuff. Oh, he, yeah. he made the it devil's the, lettuce. Devil's lettuce. Uh, Chris, is it even the devil's lettuce? It's legal here now, apparently. That's right. That's so, right. I don't know if anybody went out and voted on Tuesday, but the devil's lettuce is, <laughs> is going to be allowed in Missouri now. So. Oh man, welcome, welcome to the club, sir. Yeah. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I don't partake in the devil's lettuce, but, um, you know, you know, <laughs> I sure do. And I love it. Yeah. It is completely allowed now. I can't get in trouble anymore. Starting like December 8th, I think, whatever. It's Beautiful. December, December, you know, just in time for Christmas. Um, <laughs> love that. But yeah, uh, Marco calls this, this research on the philosopher's stone, like the devil's work and all this stuff. And he basically gives him a clue, uh, where his research data is, which is back at central and like one of the libraries there. Um, and they have to get that clue out of him. Cause first he's like, there's no fucking way I'm sharing this with you. Cause nobody like you don't want, he, he hits him with the old fucking Dewey Cox in the bathroom. You don't want no parts of this shit, Dewey. Yeah. He just tells him, he's like, you don't want anything to do with this research. It is, it's bad news from top to bottom, but they're persistent. Like, so he eventually gives them a clue, not much. He gives them something that they can look into. Yeah. And then, so, you know, they, 
they head out. Um, we see Marco is paid a visit by by Lust. Oh man, she is just on our. She is the team rocket of this show. She is following our crew around, just ruining all their plans, basically. Just blasting off at the speed of light. And I, and Cody, I don't remember. I don't think we see Marco again. We might see him one more time. I don't remember. Yeah, in this chunk of episodes, we don't see him again. Uh, he does yeah. appear later. But, um, yeah. Yeah, then the boys, you know, they make their way to Risen Bull, uh, meet back up with Winry and Granny, and, you know, get, get and reacquainted. And we just gotta have a fun little, yeah. Yeah, they get reacquainted, uh, you know, the gang's, the family's back together. Um, she's working on Ed's Yeah, and we learned some, and we learned some little, ba- little background about Granny up Panaco is her name, how like she was, she used to be a drinking buddy with their dad and, you know, they, they, they've always kind of been like family, you know, you can have any beer you want at the Rockbell residence as long as it's a Corona. Um, <laughs> yeah, she kind of, she, like, she's basically bringing um, Armstrong up to speed and it kind of gives mm-hmm. us some more clues of their past and things like that. Yeah, so it's a fun little like, let me up moment here. It gives us some backstory, you know, they, they, they take the time to um, you know, get everything squared away before they head back into Central. Because um, I want to say they're there for a while because he's got to get used to the auto mail. Um, he's got to, you know, there's still a little bit more rehabilitation. Um, and this is the episode where we get the after credit scene where we realize, uh, you know, because when we did like three all-nighters because the boys want to get back to Central so they can investigate this clue that they got from Tim Marco, which says check out the Central li- first Central Library, I believe is what it said. Um so they're just like, can we can we fucking get this show on the road? We want to get back. But and Winry, bless her heart, does three all nighters in a row to get them back as quick as they can. Um, but we learn in the after credit scene, Cody, that she forgets uh, a component of the uh, auto mail, and like, she's like sitting there, she's like kind of half asleep and looks at it. She's like, oh shit. Yeah, we we quickly realized that uh, she has clearly forgotten a part here. Um... Well, Cody, that takes us into basically our next episode where Ed and Al, they're, 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 they're back in Central. They're, they're heading for the first Central Library. But, Cody, guess what? It has been burned to the fucking ground. What a coincidence, right? <laughs> and, and this is the episode, and this is the episode Cody, where, where Scar runs into lust and gluttony in the sewers. But, yes, yes, what a coincidence that the library they need with all the research, has been burnt to a crisp. And it turns out that, we, we come to find out later that Lust is the reason that she is the one that burnt this down. Um, she is our arson. Yeah, she is just... Our arsonist. She is just ruining all of our, all of our, the gang's plans, you know. They, they talk to Marco, or she talks mm-hmm. to Marco and, you know, find, basically gets it out of him that he gave him a clue as to where this information was. So she burns mm-hmm. down the fucking library. Um, yep, but thankfully all is not lost because we meet some really fun new characters here. Um, Ed and Al are assigned some new escorts, and that's uh, uh, I believe it's uh, Lieutenant Ross and um, Lieutenant. Uh, I can't remember if he's Sergeant or, or uh, they're both lieutenants, I believe. Or is he? Uh, or is he like a major or something? I, don't, I think I don't they're remember. both lieutenants. It's Brosh and Ross. Um, yeah, and they're fun. They are absolutely fun characters. They. Uh, <laughs> They they are just kind of like a little bit of comedic relief because they're always trying to chase these uh 
chase Ed and Al around and there, they have to report directly to uh, major Armstrong. Um, but they also, but they let uh, Ed now know about this, uh, this person who, um, who used to work at the library. Uh, she's a file clerk named Sheska. Um, well, she has an identic, uh, identic memory or eidetic memory, which basically that means Cody, any, she can remember verbatim to the T, all the T's eyes, everything that she has read. Yeah. So and turns out, Chris, she has read through uh, just about everything well, that was at the library, including Doctor yeah. Marco's handwritten research. Um, oh man! So they have her; they put her to task, and they basically have her copy it all. And well, when she's finished, it looks like a cookbook. There's like recipes and shit. And Ross and Brosh are kind of like, "Well, this was like a fucking waste of time," and. Ed's like, are you sure? Are you absolutely sure this is what was in the book? And because um, Ed, Ed now realized that this is like almost like a cipher, just like a code that is that is the research, right? So the co- the ingredients in the cookbook are the research. Um, so I love here where he just like pulls out a piece of paper and he's like, here, Ross, give her. Oh yeah, her fee. Go to go to go to the bank or just go to central headquarters with my watch and withdraw this amount. I guess he fucking gives her a fat fucking stack of money because she just like loses her mind with the money that they throw her way. Yeah, and Ross and Brosh are kind of like they're unaware of how high up the Elric brothers are, and like I mean, they, yeah, for they, the most part, they don't even know that Al isn't even a real person from at at this point. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, and then the you know the boys hit the books, hit the notes, and they start to you know decipher this code. Um, this is where they find out the the devil's work that is inside of this uh, inside of this research in the creation of philosopher stones. Yeah, and basically what a philosopher stone requires is uh, human sacrifice. Um, yep, and, and that's a big deal. That's a that's like it basically you have to you 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 have to use humans uh, you're it's almost like you're kind of borderlining like the taboo to create a philosopher stone right yeah and so you know the boys have reached another dead end but they're not sure. but they also say hey don't say like this is you can't talk to anybody about this like this is a big deal like don't don't talk about what we've said here about these philosopher stones and human sacrifice because they're they're aware that stuff is going on but like, we don't. They don't know much beyond that. Yeah, but of course, our boy Armstrong, he gets the information out of him. But he he is. Oh my god! So easily because they're like he's taking his shirt off, and we just don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, he gets the information out, but Armstrong basically keeps it among the, the those those core members that they're not going to tell anybody yep. about it. Um, yeah, and they they discover real quick. Like they're like, well, these have like some these have to be, be being produced somewhere. Like this, the military authorized this research, so they've pardon me, got the old beer hiccups already. They the military, the government, and the military authorized this research. It had to have been taking place somewhere. So they have the map, they have the laboratories, and they're like, well, it's got to be the third laboratory. And then Ed looks at the map. He's like, "Well, what about this one over here, the fifth laboratory?" And I was like, "Well, it's been closed. No one's, you know, it's been closed for years." And then I was like, "Or Ed's like, I think it's here." And they're, well, they're like, "Well, why?" It's like, "Well, because there's a prison next door to it. What better way to cover up human research than by sacrificing condemned criminals?" 
So, like, they, they'd already make sense because, and of course, Armstrong is like, well, let's look into this. Don't go snoop. You think I'm stupid? Don't go snooping around there. And he, like, fucking flexes on him. He's like, don't do it. And they fucking do it, Cody. Yeah. And it kind of leads right into the next episode. They go to visit this, uh, what's known as the Fifth Laboratory, Chris. And. Yep, but we've Ed, got two new pseudo villains here that we that are introduced to. Yeah, so Ed's able to sneak inside because he's small enough to fit through the vents, but Al basically has to wait on the outside. Um, mm-hmm. And they're both pretty much at the same, you know, simultaneously attacked by these two new suits of armor. We meet um, the Slicer, Slicer, who fights Edward, and, and then Barry the Chopper. Yeah. Oh, I love me Barry, some Barry the Chopper. Um, but yeah, so they beat. They, no, go ahead, Cody. I'm sorry. Yeah, they're just basically just two inmates that were on death row waiting to be executed, mm-hmm. and then they were um, used by the military to protect what's been going on here. Um, which, as, as we see where Ed and the Slicer are fighting, this is where Philosopher Stones were made, or attempted. Like, there's blood, and like you see like a big transmutation circle, and like clearly some 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 taboo shit's been going on in here. And by the way, Slicer is taking the fucking wood to Edward, by the way. Um, Ed is getting, he's getting bopped because you also find out that Slicer isn't just one person in this suit of armor. It's actually two brothers that are in there. Um, so while that's happening, while outside Alphonse is just, you know, like Barry can't do shit to Alphonse, at least physically. Um, yeah, he does start getting inside of Al's head, though. Yeah, he, he goes for the mental game because he knows he can't beat him in a fight. Um he's the shit out of it, man. He's just, just like just Johnny one punch over here. <laughs> yeah, but Barry starts to question Al, like, what if, you know, what if you never really existed? What if they were all false memories? And like, what if you're just like a, a doll or a toy to your brother? Like, yep, you were just created to help him. You're not real, and that that really fucks with Al. That gets inside his head. Meanwhile, uh, Ed. Uh, finally realizes that he is in dire straits. He goes, also, while the while they're fighting here, Cody, that missing screw that's in his arm, boy, howdy, does that come into play. He basically can't really use that arm much, so he has to resort to a, uh, a tactic he learned from our old pal Scar. When when uh, Slicer comes after him, he basically stops. He grabs it, he touches him, and stops the um, the alchemy at the destruction phase, basically just busting Slicer up into three different pieces. Yep. Yep, and then he starts to... Just before he can really question him um, about what, you know, what's been going on here and all this stuff, Chris, sure sure enough, <laughs> Lust shows up. Lust and Envy show up with the, oh, you didn't know? Yeah, and Lust kills fucking uh, Slicer immediately. They're about to yep. lab the whole plan and all this stuff. Um, yep. But Envy says something really big here, like, well, you sh- don't kill him. He's a very precious resource. We need him. So we get this really kind of, we get this kind of, I don't want to say it's a throwaway line, but Envy basically, like, they, they basically just tear the lab da- down around them. But Envy gets out with Ed while Al and unfortunately Brosh and Ross realize that they snuck out using the old bedsheet rope to get out of the window. So they find them over at um over at what's it called at fucking the fifth, fifth lab, lab. Yep. the fifth lab. I don't know why I couldn't spit it out. So they try to get away, but Envy comes out of like the rubble, saying, "Here, here, you better get him out of here." And 
when they, they turn around for a second, they turn back and Envy's just gone. So they scoop up the boys and they get the hell out of there. Yeah, so we basically find out that the bad guys are keeping Ed now alive. Mm-hmm. Because uh, they could have killed him easily, but there's some reason Absolutely. they're keeping them alive. And, you know, we'll just have to you know, find out next time on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Absolutely, and, and the fallout from here is uh, you know going into the next episode. Ed is pretty much hospitalized, and he needs needs his auto mail repaired. So what does he do? They can't go back to uh, to Resinbull. They uh they fucking they 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 order in takeout. They uh they basically pay to have Winry come to Central, um to basically be their on call mechanic and repair his auto mail, um. And this is where she. This is where she said, you know, because if you didn't watch the, the after credit scene, this is where you find out about the bolt. And Brent Winry says that, hey, you know, this this piece was missing. I totally forgot. And you know, and Winry was feeling really bad about herself. And like everybody's like, Ed, make her feel better, dude. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you see, like the lines from their eyes like start glaring at Ed. Like more of that, more of that, like that comedic animation just really hits home here. Um, but also too, uh, Ed is, uh, Al is still very much bothered by what Barry was saying. So he's in, very much in a weird mood. Um, yeah. And this is probably, like, and, I, I really mm-hmm. don't like the way Al acts here. Um, but it is worth it. He never, he never talks to him about it. Right. Like that's, but I don't know. Like that's, I guess that's like very canned TV drama. Like all you had to do was ask him. Yeah, and I think the the emotional payoff here at the end, because I was like, you know, he, he he's he's wondering like if there's any truth to what Barry said, and he's really like second guessing it, pretty much everything. Um, yeah, and when... this is Ed off. Like Ed's Ed at first, Ed's like you're insane, dude, and like Ed does. This is kind of a cool moment here. Instead of like getting hot headed, Ed just kind of walks away. Yeah, he he he, he storms off, but not in like a. Not like a mm-hmm. a pissed off way. He just needs to like kind of get some fresh air, and you know he's Ed. Er, yep. Al follows him eventually after Winry fucking. Oh, fucking takes the <laughs> wrench to his ass and says, "You're a fucking idiot." He, you are very much real, and he cares about you, and he want you are his brother, and he wants nothing more. And she tells him like when he was like after the incident when he was there when he was bedded up at the rock bells and they were getting his R auto mail like he was like delirious like feverishly like saying it's all my fault it's all my fault it, you know he's in this position because of me and like Al kind of he's got egg on his face at this point he just feels really terrible and Winry's like you go fucking talk to him now like chop chop he just kind of starts running out the door yeah and then Ed's waiting for him outside, and they basically have a little one of their sparring scraps. I, I remember yep. the first time I watched this, dude. I thought Al was gonna get his shit beat, and I was like, he's gonna mm-hmm. kill. He's literally just gonna kill this suit of armor. <laughs> like, well, well, and I love too how like they fight, and Ed finally wins, and they lay down, and they start talking about stuff like you know, like memories. And Ed's like, yeah, you know, fought over this. Did you really movie. think all? He was like, did you really think all of that was fake? Like, did you really think that wasn't real? So, like, you know, like he really, like, I, I don't know. I thought that was just a really cool way that conversation played out. Like, let's, let's, you know, we're gonna spar. We're gonna get this. We're gonna get this off our chest. We're gonna talk about some memories. And it's like, dude, this. Why would why would you ever think that? You know what I mean? Like, I thought that was really really cool. Oh, yeah, like, just such what a great like down to earth brotherly like such a big sibling moment right there. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is probably like the most emotional the show's got uh, up to this point. Obviously, that 
oh, yeah. ramps up very quickly. Um, yes. But I think, like, yes. you, like you said, it's definitely like a Big Brother moment. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, it gets gets Al back on the right the right track. Um, Absolutely, because we all we're all going to need it. Um, because the really the last thing of note here is we find out what happened to Scar. Uh, he was found by some uh, Ishvalan refugees that are kind of living in the slums outside of the outskirts of East City. Uh, or outside of Central, I believe, is where they're at. Um, uh, I think and, I think you're right about East City. I think. East, East City, okay, gotcha. Yeah, so like, and they found him, and they were like, well, you know, we found you floating in the sewer water, and you're one of us. Like, we're not gonna, you know, we never leave a brother behind, man. So, and Scott's in a bad way, so like, he needs more time to recover. So that's kind of where what he's going to be doing for a little bit. But Cody, we got a big, uh, we got a big one here. This is the. This is kind of the turning point for the show, in my opinion, because while they're in the hospital, you know, they're sharing their, you know, what they found out with their research with like Armstrong and, you know, Hughes is in there. Um, But they get paid a very unexpected visit by uh, the Fuhrer himself. Um, And he, you know, he kind of starts talking, you know, he sees their research. He sees what they're looking at. He's like, guys, I just kind of need like for safety. I just need y'all to stop, you know, just stop all investigations, stop all research into this. We're, we're going to look into it. You know, basically kind of like, you know, like kind of saying, Hey, this is a big deal. We don't know how far this goes. Let's, you know, let's, you know, what we're talking about, this doesn't leave this room. But like I don't know, there just seems very something something very odd about it. But of course, you know his like his escorts are looking for him, and he just like hops out the window and pieces out. <laughs> yeah, you're King Bradley. There's definitely something up about him. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Then the the boys kind of come up with the idea that they're going to go to Dublith, um, yeah, and visit their old alchemy teacher Izumi. Um, and yeah, see if she who, knows anything uh, about the philosopher's it, stone. Exactly, which is kind of like the next smart lead, right? Um, and of course, you know, they start looking at the map, and Winry realizes that on the way is Rush Valley, which is like the fucking mecca of auto mail. And she's like, um, "We're going," or if you know, please, 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 can we stop here on the way? And um, yeah, you're taking. She's me gonna, you know, <laughs> yeah, you're basically. Yeah, I'm coming. So she, so she goes with there, but she, she also needs to find a place to stay. But of course. Who offers her a place to stay for the night other than the family man himself, Mr. Mays Hughes? Yeah, I was going to say, like, over these last couple episodes, and even earlier, like, Ed and Al have been, you know, they've been taken in by the Hugheses. Uh, we get we get to meet uh, Gracie and Amicia, who is his wife and daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, we, they're so, they're so we, cute. They're so cute. And Mama Dukes can, Mama Hughes can cook their ass off. Yeah, and while Winry's staying there, or in Central, she's staying with them and growing closer with them. Because um, it's the third birthday. It's your third birthday. Oh, it's your third birthday. Yeah. Um, which, Chris, they re- they're really just buttering us up for this. Uh... Oh, boy. I am I am dripping wet with butter. <laughs> I, am a, I am a Popeye's. Well, not a Popeye's biscuit. I'm like, because it starts out buttery, then it gets dry as a bone. No, I guess that is a perfectly accurate. Oh, fucking that's a good analogy for boy, this because <laughs> we are good and buttered up at this point because cody things are gonna oh boy because we've got we've got the boys and winry on their way to dublin like they are on the train they are out the door they are gone meanwhile Hugh, you know after the next day you know he says goodbye to hugh says goodbye to winry says goodbye to his wife and daughter on his way to work and cody this ends up being the last time he sees his family because shit gets very real at work tonight. 
Yeah, and I guess we could mention Sheska uh, has been hired by Hughes. Uh, yes, she's got yes, herself a new job uh, with the military as well. Um, yep, basically transcribing all of the old case files that burned down, um, which of course she read through all those too. But Cody, we have a big moment here. Like there, you know, Hughes is kind of he's still kind of you know pouring over, you know this this um you know the Ishval uprising, the philosopher stone, what's happening in Lior, like there's he's realizing that all of this is connected and it goes, you know, it goes deep in the military. Like Hughes has figured out what's happening. So he just kind of gets up and says, I'm going to the archive room. Like, doesn't tell, doesn't tell why gets up, goes to the archive room, starts figuring stuff out. Uh, but Cody, he is paid a visit by our old pal team rocket. Oh, fucking prepare for trouble and make it lust. Yep. And she attacks him. Um, he manages. He to fucking get gets her with the dagger, yeah, with the hit. fucking dagger he keeps behind his back. Yeah, but she's clearly not human, so you know he stabbed her in the head, but that ain't gonna stop her. Um, and he, yeah, because he, he fucking he gets away to the phone. He, yeah, well, he heads to the phone bank first to make a call. Like he's like, I gotta call somebody. He, he's gonna call Mustang, but like he gets over to the phone bank and realizes that like I can't call on a military line. Like I need a private line. Because, so that's when he goes out to the payphone. Yeah, and I think the reason, from what I can tell, the reason he did that is because he knows the military is involved, also, and so I think that's right. I, he, I think he knows it goes to the tippy top. Yeah, like it, I think it seems like he, he's, he cracked the case. Yeah, he definitely cracked the case. Um, and you know, so then he heads to the payphone, and you know, of course, to talk to Colonel Mustang, you got to have like a code, and so he's waiting on with the operator gives him the code, all this stuff. And, you know, then he's approached from behind Chris. We hear a gun, like, cock and get pointed at him, and it's it's Lieutenant Ross. Um, and you're like, well, wait a goddamn minute. And you're just like, okay. But Hughes is a smart cookie, and he's like, well, no, you're not Lieutenant Ross, because she has a mole on the on her left cheek. And that's when, like, you see that they touch their cheek and just create the mole. And it's like, you're like, oh, shit, this is it. Like, you, you the viewer, realize, oh, shit, it's envy. Um, and oh man, this is tough. Does what happens after that, Cody? Like he kind of he's still there. He turns around. He has a, like a little dagger in his uh, in his sleeve. And when he turns around to try to to to, to attack Envy with the with the uh, little dagger, oh boy, Envy is turned into uh, Gracia, his wife. And oh no, and Chris shoots him dead there. Um, shoots him dead right in the fucking chest. Pop. Right in the heart. Before he can get on the and, phone uh, with, uh, with with Colonel Mustang, and then Envy hangs up the phone. Um, yep. And, and Hughes dies right there, right there in that phone booth. Yep. And then you know, then we're at it's funeral time. Of course, the boys who are on the train they have no idea that this just happened. Oh. Um, and they they're not gonna find out for quite a while. Uh, several episodes. <sighs> Oh, and the funeral so sad, dude. We get the saddest funeral probably in anime history. Um, where like they're oh. like they're the caskets lowered into the ground. They're putting dirt on it, and little Amicia is like, "Why are they putting dirt on Daddy? He's got so much work to do." Like she just—it's oh. not registering to her because she's obviously just a three-year-old kid. And she's losing it. Then Armstrong Armstrong starts crying. I start crying. Oh, it's just a mess. Oh, and then we get this really cool private moment with like where Mustang goes up to the grave and he's like, 
No, they promoted you to brigadier general just for dying in the line of duty. And he was just like, you know, you were supposed to be helping me. Because that's another thing, too, that we didn't touch on. Mustang's whole, like, he wants to be Fuhrer. He wants to, he wants to be the one running the show. I feel like he deeply wants to right a lot of wrongs that have happened. And Hughes is like, man, I'll help you get there. Because there's like a flashback from the Ishval War. And Hughes is like, dude, I'll help you get there, man. You've got my full support. So Mustang, you know, back in the president, he's like, you were supposed to be the one helping me advance my career. And we have that moment where, like, you know, he's still trying to keep it together. And, um, you know, he hits Hawkeye's like, you know, we should go. It's getting really chilly. He's like, oh, what a terrible day for rain. He puts his hat on and looks up. And Hawkeye's like, well, okay, it's not raining. And, like, he's like, it is. And he just starts crying. He's like, no! <laughs> Yeah, yeah, tragedy. Tragedy strikes. Um, oh, man. And from then on, basically, um, you know, Mustang's obviously trying to investigate, you know, what happened with Hughes. He thinks he solved the case. Mm-hmm. Um, he questions yeah. Armstrong, but Armstrong can only, Armstrong's basically not allowed to answer. But Armstrong yeah. kind of gives him some context clues as to what's going on. Like he mentions the Elric brothers. And mm. he's he, like, I can't tell you like, and that cues yeah. mustang like okay well that came from a person higher than me who told him he can't do that which cues mustang like clearly this goes deep to like the senior staff yeah he knows there's some high military involved he knows the elrics are not involved but that's like one of the clues that he kind of gives to him um yep so he's investigating that uh meanwhile chris mm-hmm. uh the gang of Ed, Al, and Winry arrive at Rush Valley. Um, Thank God, because Cody, I really every time I watch this show, I, episode eleven is such a fucking saving grace because I really need a let me up episode after after ten. Like yeah. episode ten is such a punch in the gut. I need I need to like refuel, and episode eleven, thankfully, is just a very like it's a very lighthearted episode. Like I would, I could almost call this one a filler episode, but God damn, do we need it after episode 10? Yeah. And basically real quick, I think episode 11, I can kind of brush through. Um, basically they get to rush Valley when obviously excited. It's the, the headquarters of auto mail, all this stuff. Um, yeah. She's a kid in the candy shop. Yeah. We meet this girl, Panina who st- steals Ed's pocket watch while, the townspeople are like looking at his auto mail. Um, they mm-hmm. go chasing her after her. Turns out she's got auto mail legs. They can like got one that can like shoot a rocket and all this stuff. Um, they eventually catch up with her and Winry's, you know, gawking over these auto mail legs. Uh, That's right. We find out about Dominic, who is the her uh, engineer, basically. Um, mm-hmm. And we we get to meet like this. I don't really know. I, I think, yeah, it's Dominic's daughter is the one that's having a baby. Or his daughter-in-law, yeah. I guess. Um, but we go back to their their house and we're, you know, in, introduced to a couple new characters. Um, uh-huh. Mainly this his daughter-in-law who is, you know, about to pop. Chris, she, she is like nine months pregnant, ready to go. And, uh-huh. uh, you know... The, the storm mi- blows through. Yeah, the middle of that night, you know, it's storming out, like you said, and... The baby's on its way, and so Dominic mm-hmm. heads off to go get the doctor, which is down in town. Obviously, it's storming, blah, blah, blah. And so Winry, Al, and Ed basically have to deliver a baby. 
<laughs> they, have, they have the gangs. So they're fucking doing it. Yeah, when they're, we, when, when they're he's here. Got, when he's got a catcher's mitt on, she's fucking. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, uh, fortunately, I was going to drop the elbow off the top of the counter and just <laughs> pop it right out. Exactly. Um, but fortunately, Winry's parents were both doctors. Um, they were both, mm-hmm. you know, tragically killed, as far as we know, in this fallen war. Um, yep. But she she grew up reading these medical books, and so she's able to, you know, successfully help out and deliver this baby. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, she's trying to, after all, after the baby delivery, all this stuff, the, the main reason they're still there is because Winry wants to be an apprentice for Dominic because Dominic is like he he's the best of the best. He has he, he says that Ed's armor is too heavy, all this stuff. And so she's basically just trying to become his mechanical or like a an apprentice for him. Um Yep. And I think it's funny that she's like that Dominic's like, hey, I could stunt his growth with this heavy auto mail. And then it's like and then you kind of have like, you know, another another short joke. All the short jokes are great because they're never like really the same one twice. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The the they they throw in plenty of comic relief to kind of let you up whenever there's these, you know, these big, like, emotional moments. Like Winry opens Ed's pocket watch on this in this episode, and you see the the don't forget October third, which as we know, like that's that turns out that is the day that they I believe that's the day they burnt down their house. Which basically was the day they can't turn back. You know, they yep. The day they dedicated their life to the mission that they're on. Yeah. Absolutely. And so eventually, I, I want to say Dominic caves in, and Winry stays behind in Rush Valley to learn more um, mm-hmm. auto mail stuff. And while Ed and Al head on to Doublelift to go meet up with their teacher, which they're Chris, they're they're worried about because teacher doesn't know this is. Oh yeah, they haven't been there since they were young boys. You know, like real bodied, no, no auto mail. So, oh yeah, they and are... they're worried teacher is going to literally kill them. Like they're, it's like they're not joking. They're like, no, teacher's going to kill us. Yeah. Like she's going to murder us. Like we are going to die. And it's this this next episode I think is great because we get a lot more backstory with Ed now. Uh, we get to meet Azumi and her husband Sig, which oh Sig. Sig is a great character, and I love. I can't wait for him to meet Armstrong, which happens, you know, pretty soon. Um, I love. I love their fucking sparkly flex off that they have. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, fucking Izumi is no joke. She's a bad, bad bitch. That's for sure. Yeah, and so they they go visit her. Uh, we like you said, we meet Sig and her, uh, and they're they're of course seeking. You know, they're on the on the trail for this philosopher's stone. And... So of course we get the flashback of where they first met during like a flood resin bowl and how they basically hounded her until she accepted them as apprentices to learn alchemy by stranding them on a desert island for a month. By the way, <laughs> yeah, and over like the, I think it's this episode and maybe part of the next one where we get to see like this whole flashback of them, you know, learning mm-hmm. how to fish and hunt and like learning like kind of like the food chain pretty much of like how things work. Um, they try to figure out the meaning behind one is all and all is one, which is another mm-hmm. one of their missions while they're on this Island. Um, mm-hmm. But then Cody teacher realizes kind of quickly what the boys did. Like, you know, yeah. there's, Cause they, th- they think they got away with the first day staying there of her not noticing that, you know, why is it? Oh, she fucking knew. Yeah, she knew immediately because Al's not eating his dinner. He's in a giant suit of armor. She can tell by them sparring together that 
Ed has auto male arms, and they realize, and she she knows that they attempted human transmutation. Now, and, and how does she know that, Cody? Because she fucking did the exact same thing. Yeah, because like the entire time we're meeting Azumi, she's like randomly coughing up blood every now and again. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that she did the the forbidden taboo. Chris, she attempted to bring back her baby, which died while she was giving birth to it. Yeah, which is a shame, right? Because you get that whole thing where, like, her and Sig were trying to conceive. They were having a lot of difficulty conceiving. Well, they finally had a baby, and well, the baby fucking died during childbirth. So, and we see her basically her flashback scene of you know trying to bring back the baby. Yeah. I mean, you get the same like I don't even know what to call it—just like a pile of flesh that's like sort of alive but not a human. Oh really. man, yeah, it's just a hillock of like mashed potatoes with chicken bones sticking out of it. <laughs> Oh my god! And what, and what she—the price she had to pay was—it uh, was like parts. It was like half of all of her organs. Or yeah. Parts of her organs were like uh, the price that she had to pay. Um, but she also got to see that door of truth that Ed saw, where she t- spoke to this being of truth, and she does. She can now do, you know, alchemy without a transmutation circle. But it, you know, at what cost, really? Um, Exactly, and that's and that's kind of the whole shtick there. But also, what I thought was cool when you know, basically, when she found out that what they did, she kicked them out. And was like, "You're you are no longer my students. Get the fuck out of here." So Sig was escorting them to the train station. Sig was just like, "God, y'all are so fucking stupid. You're not. She's not your teacher anymore. You can now talk to her like an equal. You know, go back and talk to her. You know what I mean? Yeah, she expelled them, but that just means that now they're equals instead of student and teacher. Yeah." Yeah, and that's when they have the long talk, and then they, you know, everybody makes up, and you know, yeah. And while this is all going on, um, obviously Mustang's getting ready to be transferred to Central from East City. Um, yep, he, uh, he got like his promotion, um, and he talks with uh, a general that's he's playing chess with him. I can't remember that. Guy. Yeah, he's just like an old. I don't either. He's an old general in East mm-hmm. City, and he's like, well, since you're in the giving mood. Uh, and basically, Mustang gets to bring the whole the whole crew that he's had working the under fucking him. Fucking roll call, baby. Hawkeye, Havoc, fucking Vato. Um, trying to remember who the other two are. Oh, I can't remember all their names off the top of my head. Oh my god! Havoc's like, uh, like I. Havoc's like, oh, no, I got a, a new girlfriend that I really like. He's like, dump her. <laughs> oh matter. my god. Yeah, and so they're all coming to, to Central with him. Oh, yeah, Vato Fallman is the one, like the gray-haired guy that I'm thinking of. Um, and God, got- the other two are going to eat me up because you got the guy with the glass, the the shorter guy, and then you got like the kind of heavier set guy. Yeah, I can't think of their names off the top. Oh of my, my God! Ugh. But they're basically his 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 posse that he runs around with. Um, yeah, Havoc is my favorite one out of that group. Oh, absolutely, Havoc and Hawkeye are. They're almost main characters. Um, oh, they're so great! They are so great. But yeah, so you know, you got you got all that going on. Um, oh, Br- Breda and Fury. Oh yeah, Fury. That's the, that. I don't know yeah, what Fury's the guy with the glasses, and Breda is the uh, the heavier side the, like the, the the guy. Yeah. yeah. So you got Mustangs moving to Central. Um, meanwhile, mm-hmm. we get to see Scar. He is. You know, he's still, he's starting to recover. He's been doing, like, curls with the fucking dumbbells and, you know. Mm-hmm. He, um, 
And you get some. He has to kill some people here real quick. By the way, get a couple of thugs that have been recruited by this guy Yoki, uh, who we'll kind of get to meet, you know, a little bit farther down the road here. Um, but he is—he's basically ratted him out. That you know, this yeah. this Ishvalan that's been attacking all these people is staying in this this little colony. Um, yeah. Scar makes quick work of these thugs, and then he basically chooses to get out of there um, because he doesn't uh-huh. want to bring any more trouble to these fallen people. Um, uh-huh. And so he dips out. Um, meanwhile, back in Dublith, uh, Al and Ed are kind of, they're in the town, and Al basically gets uh, attacked by this big group of people. We meet a lot of new characters here. Um, oh, these characters are great. That's fucking, um, the guy who's like a dog, you've got the girl who's like a snake you got the lizard guy you got the cow guy yeah um these are all these are all greeds goons yeah and, and we meet roa Beto, martel and dulcetto and they're basically uh-huh. half chimera half human people uh-huh. that are employed by our fourth homunculus that we met this is greed chris my favorite my favorite of the bunch um greed is such a cool fucking character he is cool i love it um and he wants to he wants to learn like he wants to kind of yeah his kind of his whole shtick is he kind of wants to live forever he wants to you know he wants to learn the secrets of like bonding the soul like he, he's intrigued that owl's like a soul that's been bonded to a suit of armor but like greed is already like pretty hard to kill because he's got like what he's called an ultimate shield and he can heal himself like because he has um i believe that i believe it's uh i think roa is the cow right the big cow guy and Big dumb guy with hammer. He has. He just fucking hits and basically takes Greed's whole fucking noggin off. Yeah, and just to sh- just to prove right back up. Yeah, just to prove to Al that he is, you know, like he is who he says he is. He is practically immortal, but he wants to he wants to be fully immortal. He almost he envies oh. Al in some ways. Um, That's funny. That then, means two things. Oh my god, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes the jokes just write themselves. Jesus Christ. It's true. It's true. The puns are here. Um, right. But of course, you know, while they've got Al captured, our boy Ed, you know, he he, he, he figures out where they're at. Um, and Chris, we get... Because uh, the whole thing is they want, um, well, they want, you know, they want to know the secret of how they did it. But Al's like, well, I can't tell you because I'm not the one who did it. And that's when they are like, well, they the little lizard guy... Tells Ed, like, hey, we got your brother. You should follow us back. And, of course, Ed just throws his fucking carcass into the room there where Greed and the goons are. Yeah, and then we get a pretty sweet fight scene between Greed and... Oh, my God, Ed. so good. And we, we get to learn about Greed's, like, ultimate shield ability where he can basically just turn himself into, like, carbon fiber and, like, mm-hmm. prevent all these attacks. But Ed, you know, being the, being the fucking smart alchemist he is, he starts to do the same thing, like, with... He, like, starts to change... I, I don't know if it's... Uh... Well, because well, he realizes, he's like, well, you know, you know it, took him, it took him a little while, because Ed was getting the shit beat out of him. He wasn't able to really mount any offense, and he was busting up his automail. But he realized, he's like, well, your body is still human, which means you're 75% carbon. So what he does is he'll touch his body and, like, just change the, just change the amount of carbon that's there, which destroys the shield, and that allows him to get him. But and he also realizes though, well, you can't regenerate your shield and heal at the same. You can't maintain your shield and heal at the same time. Yeah. So he figures out how to get through his stone cold defense. But Greed's like, 
well, how much longer can you keep this up? You know, you should just let's just just fucking tell me what I want to know, man. Yeah, and then of course, um, the teacher Izumi she she catches word of where these boys are at, and she shows yep. up, Chris, and uh, starts to whip greet up herself. <laughs> well, I love I love when she walks in and she's like she gets mad at Ed and throws him against the wall. It's like she's like you didn't bring my broom back. Yeah, you didn't put the broom back in the closet or something. Like, yeah. It's just like the most menial thing. Um, and then like she fucking, she stuffs Greed one good time with like a whole fucking spinning heel kick. And Greed's like, oh shit, uh, who are you? And she's like, I'm a housewife. And that's kind of where it ends. Yep. And, uh, that, you know, that's pretty much where we where we leave off at here. Uh, that's where episode 13 ends. Um you know, uh, obviously we got we met a lot of characters there at the end. Um, Absolutely, it's kind of leading us into really the next leg of this adventure, as it were. Um, yeah, you know, stars healed we, up, we, um, and the boys are. We've go ahead. No, I was going to say we've uh, the boys are healing up. We're, we've met a new homunculus. Uh, we've lost some friends along the way. Um, you know, where this the plot is afoot, as it were. Yeah, we we also find out. I guess I forgot to mention this: that greed was part of the band, like with envy and all of them. But he's he, he's like we don't really get along. He's almost like a he's kind of like a an anti-hero, if you will. Like he's playing like the he's trying to play both sides here. Um, yeah, greed's gonna do what greed wants to do because he says it himself. He's like, you know, I want everything. I want money. I want power. I want sex. I want drugs. I he wants to he wants to live like fucking Axl Rose. It's basically <laughs> what he wants to do. Exactly. Um, and we'll find out a lot more about him uh, when we cover mm-hmm. the next thirteen episodes next week, Chris. Um, I can't wait. The show's so fucking good, dude. Yeah, it's, it's like if if I was putting it on the rankings now, it's it's either number one or number two, no matter what. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's a clean number one right now. You can just go ahead and mark it now. Just, just mark it. It's there. All righty, I will do that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, the show is just fantastic, man. I mean, we've we've gir- we've gushed over this show pretty much this entire podcast, and uh, that's just going to keep continuing. So, <laughs> and the story is just so good. The story is paced so well. They introduce a lot of characters without. Telling us everything about the characters, right? Like we met Ross, we met um fucking you know Havoc and Hawkeye. Like we meet these characters, and it's like, okay, cool. We'll learn about you at another time. Like we know what you're here to do right now, and all the characters have really unique personalities. Like like the one throwaway line from Hawkeye when he's like, "Hey, I got a you know I got a hot date. Hey, I got a girlfriend here." Like you know, that's the kind of guy he is. He's just the young fuck, and he just wants to get get his dick wet all the time, and uh, that's never going to work out for him. Yeah, because he is a dog of the military, just like the rest of them. Um, exactly. Yeah, that Chris, that is that is going to do it for us this week on Shonen. It says that is the first 13 episodes of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Uh, we will be covering Absolutely. up to episode 26, or through episode 26, uh, which is my mm-hmm. one of my favorite episodes of anime ever. Uh, mm, yes. We'll be covering that next week, and then we'll take a, a quick movie break, and then we'll be right back at it. Uh, obviously, with Thanksgiving and the holidays, we might throw in uh, a couple movies in between here, uh, just to kind of, you know, give us time with mm-hmm. the family and the friends and all that stuff. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to to dive into more Brotherhood. I'm going to be throwing this on tonight. You know, I'm 
Uh, Thursday night football. Oh, I'm diving right back in. Yeah, Thursday night football can, can piss off. I, I'm watching Brotherhood tonight. Uh, <laughs> That's right. The marquee matchup of uh, fucking Alex Louise Armstrong versus the fucking big old ox guy, the, the the cow guy of Greed's Goons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's coming up in this. I believe it's the next episode, actually. So. It sure as shit is, dude. My boy is about to just fucking Hulk Armstrong mania is about to run wild on you, brother. <laughs> Absolutely. I can't um, wait. Yeah. Uh, Chris, that's all I got for this episode. I am pooped. I am ready to... Me too. We have gone long. Absolutely, this man. A, this is the I longest can, can... episode we've done in a while. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, hope you guys enjoyed, and hope you guys tune in next week for uh, more Shonen and Suds. I am Cody Snodgrass. And I am Chris Adams. And as always, thanks for stopping by.